Welcome back to Talking Flick, where we talk about anything and everything, but mostly movies and TV. Today with me, I have Nick. Oh, listen, after last week's beatdown from the garbage boy, producer Ryan, I decided life was about simple choices, right? Either get busy living or you get busy dying. So I crawled through my 500 yards of shit and piss like you wouldn't believe. I came out clean on the other side. I looked up at the sky, the rain falling down on my face, and I decided to announce to the world, I'm back. And you can't keep me down. Wow. Boom. <laughs> Boom, baby. Bring it. Now sing a song, producer Ryan. <laughs> so, so I was listening. I'm like, where are you going with this? A long and one, I was right? like, it was back. a little wordy. Maybe I could have edited it. But I'm not good at that. So. <laughs> oh, so we got Nick and we got Ryan here today. So the trio, the tripod. So <laughs> Let me it's the best, the Trinity. <laughs> Let me tell you about my friend, Ryan Coloma. <laughs> I met him that day. And what he said to me was... He's back, and you can't keep him down. That's yeah, that's I feel left out because yeah, I don't have an on-back one. So. I feel like mine was better. That's all right. Know. Well, that wasn't me. That was Morgan Freeman. That's pretty good, yeah. That wasn't bad, actually. That was definitely It was kind of like Warden Norton and Morgan Freeman together. It was a little hybrid. There. It was his hey, brother, hey, Jason Freeman. So. <laughs> if he has a brother. I, I can't do a good Morgan Freeman. It's, it's hard. Tough. I mean, it's it's exactly so there's only one yeah. Morgan Freeman, as this movie clearly points out. There is, yeah. <laughs> if I did. Didn't care. <laughs> I, I honestly thought that she would say. do the the opera scene. That that's really tough. I can't do Italian <laughs> oh, opera, no, but that's, that's a beautiful much. Mozart opera. Uh-huh. That's uh, I forget what it's called. I have it written here somewhere. No idea. But it's beautiful. <laughs> it's Italian. It's, it's, it's Italian. in Italian. Okay. I can't say it in Italian. <laughs> Italiano <laughs> sausages. <laughs> that's, that's it. You nailed it. Oh man. So as always, we'll start off with a little bit of movie news. Uh, I don't really have much as far as movie news. Just a lot of like what ifs. There wasn't really anything big that hit. Mm. Uh, first thing I found was I guess Joker is expected to make between 60 to 90 million on what? opening weekend they projected it already um, yeah I yeah project- uh-huh. i don't even remember when it comes out to be honest with you guys Let me did a uh, peanut up, butter so. falcon did that come out this week or next week because i saw some advertising for it i'm looking forward to i'm not it. sure but i'm looking forward to it it's something that i want to see it's on my radar but i'm surprised joker is going to do that good yeah, I mean, oh, it's coming out October 4th, 2019. So, oh, wow. early for away, a projection. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, projection that early. I mean, how long do they usually do test audience? You know, they probably do it about a couple months uh, yeah, beforehand. Yeah, they do it, yeah, because so. they do re-edits and reshoots sometimes based mm-hmm. on Yeah, them, so. see what works, what doesn't work. But, yeah, you know, it's just, I mean, the whole thing with that Joker movie and with the directors, too, with it, they're just like, well... We want to make a really crazy movie, so it's not really like an origin Joker movie. Mm. It's just we're using it as a way to make this, you it, know, make the movie it, that they want to make. Yeah, and yeah. So, I've kind of come around on it. Like, I don't have high hopes for it. My expectations are pretty tempered on it. But I do like it as something of a palate cleanser for that DC universe. Yeah. Since, you know, obviously I liked Aquaman, uh, but most people didn't like Justice League. Yeah. Waiting on Wonder Woman, which is like loosely connected, I guess, still to the Zack uh-huh. Snyder verse. Uh, so like I don't know I think maybe as a palate cleanser people will will appreciate it but It'll it is rated R new. yeah it's gonna be rated so R so we'll see how well it does All right. I mean something new you got Joaquin Phoenix too who actually went a yeah, little crazy yeah. for a little <laughs> while right and more so, than once <laughs> more than once so but you know it's just we'll see what happens with it because we've been burned before on you know feels, with Jared's oh, yeah. Joker oh, yeah. it's, it's like, Todd Phillips the guy who did the Hangover right and, and it feels kind of produced by Martin Scorsese he did Deadpool the first Deadpool yeah, right he did, yeah. he did did he do the first Deadpool he might have yeah he might have I think might be a different one. let me check yeah i can't bit. remember that but it's got like a lot of the king of comedy vibe mm. and de niro's in it so that oh, really part, yeah i don't know how much i like that that take on it now now 
is this going to be independent from all the other Batman movies? I don't think we or... really know. Yeah, Technically, we, they uh, say yes, but I'm not sure about that. Yeah, we're not too sure. Oh, Tim Miller, I think, did the first. Oh, Tim yeah, Miller. Tim Miller yeah. was mm-hmm. the this first. Was Todd, yeah, this is Todd Phillips is going to be the Joker director yeah, right that's what there. I thought. Yeah, yeah. So okay. he was the hangover All right, guy. all right. Yeah, he's the hangover guy. I, and... Speaking of this, by the way, Chernobyl? I looked up from uh, this week, uh, last week, you brought up Shane West's Bane from Gotham. Yeah, yeah. And I left Gotham way before he ever showed up, but I did look up the pictures you're right. He looked ridiculous. He looked pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that outfit was. Uh... First of all, he's too small. Way too small. Second of all, he yeah, looks kind of like a- Yeah, you need a massive dude Yeah, he's Bane. got like a weird haircut. Bane should be bald Even... or mostly bald. And then like he has like the Darth Vader centerpiece thing on his chest. It was <laughs> but really he, odd. Even with, uh, what is that? The, the third movie of the Dark Knight. Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises. I actually, hot take, I like it better than the Dark Knight. Wow. Everybody gets mad Really? Are you serious? <laughs> I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> but, but I don't there's... know. Even who played Bane in that? Oh, it's, uh, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Oh, yeah. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Okay, yeah. So. With his muffled voice. I don't know. Yeah. The voice really killed it for a lot of people. I was and, okay and with it. It just became a joke. It was joke. better than Batman's voice. That's true. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of issues. The Dark Knight Rises, like the whole let's punch his back to straighten it out and fix it out thing. Yeah, then, yeah, that's got a problem. Yeah, then I mean that whole... story doesn't. I don't know how well that story works on film anyway. So I don't. <laughs> I think that arc, that Nolan series arc, is a slightly overrated. Even though I like all three of those movies quite a bit, uh, but yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't I don't know exactly how that was going to work anyway. To keep it into a 3-hour movie and do the Batman breaks his back and he's going to get better all of a sudden is all kind of weird mm-hmm. anyway. I mean, just even with the whole like what were they trapped in the well, they're trapped in that little thing. Um I, I didn't like I remember what I I really hated about it was like Catwoman walking him through the sewers to double cross him. Yeah. And I was like this is just weirdly shot. It, and then every single is cop is in the sewer too. Like, yeah. why would you put every but, single cop in that one area? But in, in the Dark Knight, I didn't like the two fairy sequences with the prisoners and the regular civilians. There was really? some stuff really? in there I that, that I did fine. not. Yeah, I, I mean, if I you're not gonna like anything also. from the Dark Knight, it's gonna be the bullet scene. Didn't like that either. Well, yeah, yeah. if you're oh, not yeah, gonna yeah, like yeah, anything, yeah. it's didn't the bullet like scene either. because yeah. it doesn't make sense because of the fingerprints. Like, how do you get the fingerprint? When it's from inside the casing, and yeah, yeah it's this whole thing. You don't thing. ask and, questions. Yeah, <laughs> you don't ask questions. But I still think the Dark Knight's still pretty solid. I'm Dark Knight Rises. I would say is a little bit weaker. It's been a while since. Is that I've the worst Batman one Begins. of the three for you? For the Nolan one, yeah. the Nolan franchise. I actually really, I really like Batman Begins. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen Batman Begins, so I don't want to. I really like that one at the last, but I want to say like probably the Dark Knight Rises is probably going to be like the last one, and then probably Batman Begins will be second. I'm a little bit weird. I also like Return of the Jedi the most out of Star Wars movies. Oh, you like the Ewoks? (laughs) I'm I'm that guy. I'm pro Ewok. I'm pro. uh, I'm an Empire Strikes Back kind of guy. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. and I I, I get that. It's hard to argue that. So how do we feel about the Joker movie? What do you guys think? I'm gonna watch it. Um, I'm not gonna bring my expectations up though, but I think. I don't know. It's just we don't know what to expect. And it's kind of one of those things where, you know, I feel like he's a better character when mm. you don't know his origin. You know, yeah. he's just this random I, force of nature. Totally That's really what he is, it. a force of nature that. Yeah, yeah. that just kind of appears out of anywhere. And it's just like, here, you know what I mean? I'd this rather see like is, a so. Mr. Freeze standalone movie than another Joker take. Yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I'm being honest I've about seen that. too yeah, many Jokers, yeah. man. Yeah, now we like see Arnold Schwarzenegger come back. Mr. Yeah, Freeze. sure. Oh, come yeah. Give, him, give him some death, <laughs> Stay you know? cool. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> what killed the dinosaurs? Or like the Ice Age. A real deep dive take on Poison Ivy or something like that. Like, give us something different. I feel like this is... I agree. Anyone else, I guess. Especially when you're going to do it rated R, you know, it's just another one of those things that I feel is unnecessary. Well, considering mm-hmm. all the new villains, or not even new villains, all the villains coming into the new Batman, the Robert Pattinson verse. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the so what do you? Life. How do you think that Joaquin Phoenix is going to be as Joker? I think at first he's going to be uh, very 
you know, I don't know, because they're talking about how, you know, he might have some sort of mental disorder or his mm, character might have yeah, some yeah, yeah. I have no idea. That's just what I've heard. Um, but I think he's going to be kind of very afraid of the world when you mm. first introduce him. He's going to be very, very afraid of everyone. He's going to be very secluded. And then something's going to break him. And then he's just going to be like extra crazy he's just gonna crank shit up to 11 but why because the the thing i like the thing i liked about the joker i don't want to feel bad for him you know when they originally made the joker he was just a source of evil you know you don't feel bad for him he wasn't that complex and he was evil for the sake of being evil he liked anarchy and he just wanted to wreak havoc on that's the the best take on it yeah yeah yeah. there are different jokers already as we've seen but that mark hamill Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, sort of like I prefer that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Jack Nicholson one, he had more of a motivation of doing it, I guess you could say. Yeah, but I liked but his backstory. I thought I think, it was pretty decent. Yeah, but the, the thing with the Heath Ledger one, and I always got to give credit to the Heath Ledger one. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, who doesn't, right? And so that's like every DC fans like kind of golden thing of like why you know what I mean? Like, what's I, the best? Yeah, DC yeah. I have Dark him Knight third. And, <laughs> really? Wow. I do. I put Jack Nicholson one, Mark Hamill two, Heath Ledger three. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd put Mark Hamill in a different category because that's just you know yeah. that's voice acting. He did so. a lot though. That's still a Joker. Still a Joker. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right right there. But you know, I think Heath Ledger kind of sums up you know best with the Dark Knight when the you know he's hanging off the building and just like mm. you know, an unmovable object meets an unstoppable force. Yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. what that is. <laughs> and so. But I think I still say Heath Ledger is my favorite. But we'll see what happens with the Joker movie. I mean, October's yeah, coming up real fast. Who and, knows? Uh, and a lot of these people that were like raised or that really enjoyed Heath Ledger as the Joker. I don't know. Um, as time goes on, the people that were iconic for certain roles, they're no longer being viewed as iconic for that role. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's a new generation. People are going to see a different Captain America. People yeah. are going to see well, it. I worry about that a little bit. I actually think that what you're going to do over time is you're going to sort of lessen the impact of Ledger's performance yeah, or lessen the impact of Hamill or Nicholson or, or even Chris Evans right. as Captain America because we're just going to get version after version. Certainly, when you're down to Robert mm-hmm. Pattinson, how many people that play Batman now? We're talking about yeah. five or six. But NBC, so I, I, w- I would disagree that... It just that, starts to get silly. I would disagree that it doesn't take away from the performance that they've made. It's just a new generation is now going to look at a different actor and see that person as... Yeah, and I'm okay with mm-hmm. that part of it, like everything you watch in the segment of time that you watch it. But what I think happens is that these actors take different takes because they don't want to do a parody of Michael Keaton or a parody. Yeah, yeah. Of, you know what I mean? So they, Jared like Leto George Clooney yeah. ends up doing something goofy so he's not like, you know, Kilmer or Keaton or whatever and ends up being just silly. Like it gets a little bit weird and my concern would be that Phoenix takes a, a different take than Nicholson, Ledger, Romero, Hamill and does something off the wall. Uh, right. Kind of like what Jared Leto sort of did. He just kind of went way out there. That was like, you know, <laughs> and it was a little bit yeah, weird, right? It was, was like, oh, uh, I don't know. This isn't, it has to be familiar enough, but also different, mm. which is really hard to pull off. So, especially when you've done 12 versions of it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Got, How do you fine tune it so yeah, that it's question. something that's different? Yeah. I just hope that Todd same. Phillips has an idea and a take that is interesting. Because if he doesn't, then this thing will yeah. fall. Because this is our third Joker in 11 years. You know what yeah. I mean? Because Heath wow. Ledger, Jared yeah, Leto, Ledger, and Leto, now it's going to be yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. So, I mean, and we still think that Leto's coming back at some point. Oh, possibly. God, for Suicide Squad well, he's, too, right? He's supposed yeah, to be uh, Morbius. Uh, he's supposed yes. to be Morbius yeah, in, in the that. Sony's yeah. kind of villain universe oh, thing. So interesting. That's what apparently he's kind of signed up for. So who knows what's going on? He might still be under some sort of contract there. But I mean, God, that movie. And that's the thing too. Like we know what direction Jared Leto took it in. So probably Walking Phoenix is going to take it in the opposite direction, or maybe find some sort of middle ground between the Leto. Was, and, was there and any Leto version. stuff that you liked? 
I mean, we just got teeth? so little of him. <laughs> there was a couple Definitely scenes. Definitely not the tattoos. The like... tattoos were weird. Like the tattoos were yeah, all yeah. off. Yeah. I mean, the teeth bothered me. The I've... tattoos were weird. Dro- them dropping into the vat of chemicals. I kind of liked it. It's kind of romantic. I, guess. I mean, <laughs> yeah. There's just a lot of it where it's just. And then there was a torture scene that I kind of liked, although you didn't get a lot of it. Yeah. I don't know. I think I watched like the edited stuff at a Suicide right. Squad. There was obviously a lot of it because yeah. that was yeah, that movie yeah. was, was uh, noted to death also. But was some of that of stuff was greatest, a train wreck. Yeah. One of the greatest movies yeah. of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it's no weekend at least. But like, I would say like my favorite theory, and, and I think it like what would save that little character, the little J- Joker version, is if he was actually like Tim Drake. If he was a version yeah, of a Robin, was, yeah. there was a lot yeah. of stuff like you know, kind of building that mythos. Like yeah. that would have been logical, and, and it would have okay made sense that. too. Because and you could add another Joker that would have been logical to appear. Yes, at some point, I mean, I been okay it with. really would have made sense because you've got you know that's you know in Batman Beyond uh, with the Joker movie, yeah, basically yeah, yeah. that's what happens is Tim Drake becomes how a different version of ex- the Joker. And yeah, yeah. I don't want to spend all day on Suicide Squad because it's not worth it. But what yeah. I would say <laughs> is like, how could you have? so much nonsense with the Enchantress character and that awful villain story yeah. and you had the Joker in your movie just make the Joker the villain supposed to be some throw the Tim Drake stuff squad. in there give us some mythos and it would have been much better yeah. it was just utter nonsense then I what's mean, the point of this overpowered team oh god the Joker can overpower <laughs> well, I don't folks. even think they were even that overpowered because the whole purpose they say it in the trailer and even in the movie they brought this team together not for the mo- you know, not for the part of like just doing top secret missions for to the government, but they were to be basically like to take out Superman. It was mm. what if another Superman came in? There's like this one yeah. was good, but yeah, what if they an evil one came in? Ah, well, they're Which terrible. Inter- yeah. They're not gonna do it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're exactly. definitely not it's gonna like, do it. It's like what if an evil Superman comes in? We gotta get a team. Let's get a crocodile guy. Let's get a guy who shoots really well, <laughs> even though this guy's bulletproof. Captain you know, <laughs> let's get a demon guy. You know, a yeah, demon should, fire guy. Fire starter so, guy. They should put yeah. all their money into Lex. Luther's company. That's how yeah. you stop Superman. That's what you need. <laughs> Deathstroke. <laughs> I liked I liked the trailer of Lucy in the Sky. We talked last week a little bit about how Natalie Portman's going to take the hammer of Thor. Yes, which yes. I'm really yes. interested I really in. Like I hope that. that all works out. They're really running with that too. Yeah, like, but I hadn't seen her in a movie in a while. So yeah, neither have I. Actually, say, yeah, Annihilation. She... I think was the uh, yeah. Yeah, and that was all with right. Star Wars. Star Wars Wait, <laughs> producer Ryan who doesn't watch movies. That's the last movie. time I saw her. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> and was she in like Black Swan? Yes, that oh, was a while ago. That's a while ago. That's like 2008, 2009. Was that before or after Star Wars? That was after Star Wars. After Star Wars, yeah. Star Wars. And her and Mila Kunis went at it. Ooh, that is correct. There you go. interesting scene. I heard Annihilation was pretty good, but I didn't like it. You didn't like it. I think Tessa Thompson was in there too. It wasn't. It had moments, but the third act is terrible, and it kind of strays from the book a little too much. I mean, it's been on my list for a little while. I don't even know if it's still on Hulu anymore. It was on. I watched it on something. I can't remember what. Yeah, probably Hulu. Were you guys so, able to By the watch... way, Hulu and Disney are going to do the joint yes, only I saw $12 that. a month. That's actually somewhat Are you serious? I kind of like it. Yeah. Oh, so wow. Hulu, Disney, and I think you get ESPN Plus for sports mm-hmm. fan, sports fans. Shouts. Mm. By the way, fantasy football coming up. Well, uh, but <laughs> I mean, what I would say is like $12 for those three things is actually strikes me as a pretty good deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hulu's of course, you know what will happen Disney, is everybody so. will sign up for it and then they'll start jacking up the prices. But still, in for a business model, that's yeah, not bad. In app purchases, yeah. like stuff mm-hmm. like that. So. so if I had Hulu, Disney, Plus, do I get rid of Netflix? Uh huh. Maybe. 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 Well, I don't know. I feel like Netflix is the staple. Like, if you're going to have online streaming, it's going to be Netflix. That's the main one. I need HBO. Well, what's going to keep you? What what keeps you on Netflix, Tyler? Yeah, what keeps you on Netflix? That's a good question. I don't really have like a um, Stranger Things, but I can yeah, get on Stranger and off. Yeah, Stranger Things, really. Are you going to uh, rewatch it? Are you going to watch it a bunch of times? 
No, I won't rewatch it a bunch yeah. of times. Yeah, I wouldn't say point. it's super rewatchable. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I'll, one and maybe like one and done, and then a couple years rewatch all of it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, just kind of yeah, back yeah, to yeah. back. Binge Usually, I watch sure. like the final episode before I start the season when it comes out. I did that all three times, all, or three. all two times. Oh, actually. start the final so, one, then yep. go in. So I watched the, the end of one. season one before two, end of season two just recently before three, and it yeah. helps. It helps like refresh the mind because the final, the finales of Stranger Things are really, really good. Right. So it's very clean to well, transition because Disney owns Hulu, and then now Disney yep. has Fox. So yep. basically, <laughs> a lot of Fox stuff. But Fox is doesn't go have any streaming stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you can get you like. For example, like Brooklyn Nine Nine, which is a pretty popular yeah. show, you oh, know yeah. that's yeah, like straight okay, to Hulu yeah. now. Yeah, right? yeah. Like because you know that just goes straight to Hulu after it gets basically released week by week because that's what Hulu does. So, same with South Park. Mm. Like every time South Park premieres, it takes usually at midnight the you know that same night. But at midnight, you get that episode on Hulu basically right then and there. Which so, is not bad. Yeah. yeah this, so I think I think it might take out Netflix because I mean I keep Netflix. This is the movies, stre- the streaming wars are just getting it's my started. Backup, so. Yeah, and man. They are gonna get ugly. <laughs> and and all these networks now they want to have their own streaming. They're keeping service. their content for one. So Netflix used to be a monopoly on like yeah, oh, just, I'll yeah. buy the Office from you so I can just put it on Netflix for f- ten years or whatever. Yeah. But as people have caught on, yeah, they're yeah. not doing that. So Netflix has started to make its own content. Well, and eventually they're going to start taking hits on this. Who's doing? Who has CSI? Uh, uh, I think it was Netflix. They used to have it. No, uh, the other one, the one that that Hugh didn't want to get. Oh, CBS Access. CBS oh, Access. Yeah, CBS yeah, All Access. Called, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm, I'm not paying for that. I don't care about Star Trek Discovery enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what about Twilight Zone? <laughs> no, that was terrible. I, I only saw and, one. And the, episode. the Good Wife spinoff was. You know, I watched the first episode. It wasn't that bad. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still not getting it. CBS. I'm sorry. You're not. Nope. <laughs> no, no, yeah. you have to get David Letterman back. <laughs> so I guess it's like, what is it? What will it take for one of these services to get its hooks into you? Because Netflix, their exclusives, I don't know, they're kind of hit and miss. Like, I feel like they're, they're more misses recently because they've they been taking been? losses. Okay. What was it? The, the Ben Affleck and Oscar Isaac one? Triple that Frontier, was big, expensive, yeah. didn't do that well. Expensive but then they have Adam and, Sandler, which now, they say he does super, super well. Plus, they have a monopoly on comedy. Mm. And they supposedly signed Eddie Murphy to this deal where he comes back and does stand-up. So I'm super stoked for that. Yeah, actually, the Got stand-up Chappelle. on Netflix yeah, has been really good. Uh-huh. Now, can I ask you, what will it take? Will it take something? like an original thing to get you get its hooks into you or stranger things kind of that's probably the answer or would it be something like oh this tv series i haven't seen in a long time i know it's on netflix or i know it's on hulu i'm gonna totally get it i I say it would take both yeah Yeah, i I haven't really Mm. i'm old so i haven't got into the thing where like i get it so i can go back and watch seasons you know three through 11 of friends or whatever i i don't watch it for that i watch it for the original content so Mm. For the most part, anyway. So basically, it needs to have good choices for me to keep it. I don't pay for Netflix. My wife does. So, but if she didn't, I probably wouldn't have it mm. at all. I'd probably just, uh, you know, illegally stream Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> you can see that on like the that. podcast. I, I, think you. I, can. I think I can. I can do what I want. No, you just have a different email address but, and you do a different trial. And <laughs> but you know what I would say about this? Like these streaming wars are goofy. At the moment, these other companies that have more money than Netflix did when it started out. Uh, are starting to catch on. Mm. So what we are at the beginning of the streaming wars and what you're going to see are more people coming together with other companies. Disney's already ahead of the game. They're going to collide with Fox, ESPN, mm-hmm. and uh, Hulu to come together so they give you a bundle. So mm. we're going to see more of these bundles. I could see Netflix and HBO Now or something like that coming together. You know, there's going to be stuff like that. And yeah. the best bundle is what people are going to end up with. Yeah. And essentially, yeah. the st- you're just going to have, instead of a cable bill, you're just going to have a streaming bundle bill. And they're going to have to figure it out. What I'm going to say is the reason why I have Hulu is because I have Spotify and that was on a bundle. Yeah. Like Because I had a, 
a Spotify subscription, they gave me Hulu for free. So that's the only oh, reason why I have Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, but I mean, because a lot of times it feels like if a movie's not going to do well in theaters, they just release it as a Netflix original, mm. which ended up happening basically. You know, with, that that was the thought with Dark Phoenix that they were going to just release it straight to Netflix. And even with Booksmart, which I believe was Olivia Wilde. Which I hear, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear tons of good stuff yeah, about I, the movie. I yeah. have to get to that. And I, that's so, what I hear. I hear nothing yeah. but really good things yeah. about it. But I guess what happened was they re- had a theatrical release, but at the same time, they released it straight to Netflix in France. Mm. Oh, is that so, yeah, so that's kind of then that took a you know that took a big chunk out of their revenue. So their country to country, revenue. they're doing different stuff like yeah, that. which I don't mind. I've always things. I've always had this idea, and what you see even when you have direct TV, like I have, there are all these individual sort of like direct to streaming sort of movies. You know how like uh, they have like the Escape Plan Four with Sylvester Stallone mm. didn't come out in the theater, yeah. but it goes right to Direct TV <laughs> now or whatever, and you can stream it. There's like a whole market of stuff like that. Mm. So I kind of think that like they're gonna have, uh, they're always gonna have an unlimited amount of stuff to put on there. And Netflix could be the place for like those smaller indie movies if it really wanted to corner that market. Stuff like Booksmart or whatever, but or like goofy action movies that are like under a million dollars to make. But they're just gonna keep spit, spitting them out. But Both, I, I hope Lundgren's fifth. Uh, I hope it's not just like quantity over quality. They're just gonna flood it with no, all these. No, it's quality over. It's it's quantity over quality for sure. Yeah, I, they're just that's loading what I don't it. Want. That's exactly what it's gonna be. We can't stop it. That's just business. Oh unfortunately. man, like we already had like those straight to TV movies or those straight to DVD I, movies, and, you know, and a, they're terrible. I know. I totally agree. And eighty-eight. I've named it more than that. Ninety-five percent of them are awful. Yeah. But there's yeah. always like a gem in there every once in a while so you wonder if like that five percent gems are worth having all those crappy movies uh movies like moon which were like very low budget but really interesting indie movies so there's stuff like that that comes out i wonder uh, a little bit about how like triple frontier was a failure for netflix and netflix announced that they were going to stop putting so much money into the original content partly because of that failure Mm. because they pumped so much money into that that's what you have to watch out for what they should do is just give five, $10 million movies, that's it, cap it there, and say if it's a hit, it's a hit, and you can have revenue from it, but we're not giving you $60 million for Triple Frontier 2 or whatever, because if you're, you're going to ruin it for everybody if you spend like $150 million to make something and it's crappy. Imagine if the Scorsese, uh, the Irishman movie, which yeah, yeah. is, I, I don't know, a rumor is like $200 million or something. Wow. And that's straight to Netflix, right, too, to with Netflix. Irishman. Although I that's heard crazy. they're going to put it in the theaters for a couple weeks. I don't exactly know how they're going to do it yet, but so, if that bombs... That's going to be devastating for Netflix. I think, Tyler, you mentioned it before, how Netflix determines whether it was a success or a failure. They definitely lie to us for how how many subscribers. Yeah, how many new subscribers. Additional subscribers. Because they don't release like how many views or how many downloads it actually gets. And I kind of found something right here where it's basically like for 2018, uh, I guess towards the end of 2018, Netflix had around 700 original TV shows. Mm, And that's just TV shows. That's not even like, you know, movies or anything. So they've got a massive amount of, you know, content going out there. And it's just like... content over quality for sure. Yeah, and it's like, I'm sure there's hidden gems out there. I think they've been trying to capitalize on like, we need another Stranger Things, we need another Stranger Things. And it's just that might have been just like their lightning in the bottle, Mm. you know? And Amazon is is another one that just has unlimited checks to write. There, I think there was some Tolkien news that came out of their uh, Lord of the Rings series where they can't do anything 
in the realm of the three Lord of the Rings books. They can't touch on that at all. They can only either go forward or backwards. Uh So there's some rules there. wonder how that... That's like another $200 million thing. Then we'll see how that goes. Although, what was the news with Benioff and Weiss from Game of Thrones? They got signed by Netflix. Yeah, they got some some sort of Netflix. We don't exactly know what they're going to do, but yeah, they I mean, they're probably going to wreck it at the end anyway. Exclusive (laughs) exclusive creative rights. But yeah, I know it's fascinating. We can talk about the the streaming wars forever. It's going to get ugly for sure, and it's going to force us to make choices about it. I mean, the consumer might just be the one that benefits anyway. Yeah, they're going to get the best deal. Whoever whoever wins, we all win. Yeah, (laughs) we all lose. We definitely all lose. (laughs) So uh, the last thing that I want to say about this is that I don't know what it is about all these streaming services and their apps and stuff. Netflix is the only one that has a good like on TV app. Like they have this ability to skip uh, the intro. Direct TV now is not bad. You don't like that app? Have you tried that? I one? haven't tried the Direct TV, but it's like uh-huh. Hulu's Hulu's app sucks. Terrible. Amazon's app sucks. Terrible. It's hard to search oh, for things yeah. and look at descriptions of of movies. I think Hulu's app is pretty good. Is it? I don't know Amazon 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 is trash. Amazon right? is so bad. I have like, VRV also, and VRV is bad as well. Yeah. I don't know. Netflix they do really well. Like you see what's going on. The only thing I don't like about it is they automatically play the trailer if you leave it idle, and I hate that. I just want silence. You know what right? I don't like about Netflix? Yeah, I agree. I don't like that. I also don't like their algorithms. It really messes you up if I go on your account and yeah. choose like one creepy movie or whatever, and then like for weeks I have to deal with hundreds and hundreds of creepy movies. Well, then you need to get your own uh, <laughs> subscription. I do, I do, but people <laughs> log on or people get on there and, and watch. Like my wa- my wife will watch all this true crime stuff, and I'm like, God, I'm sick of scrolling through true crime <laughs> after true crime. Although in recommendations, I have a true crime, but mm. you know that's not the point. But that kind of stuff really messes with me. I, I think that their library should be easier to manipulate yeah. or search in. Yeah. All of them have that problem. They try to force content upon you. But I do so. think that Netflix, it's much smoother than the other ones. And yeah, they got a head start. Catch up. You know what that is? Uh, and we'll we'll try to close with this. Get the get the uh, technology correct. Spend the money on the technology yeah. first before you start making triple frontier movies. That's what I would say. They just have so many misses. But I did want to. It's just they've been such big swings. They've been such big misses. That money. They just keep giving Adam Sandler money. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) I love I love my space movies. And my original point was that this Natalie Portman movie, Lucy in the Sky, looks really really interesting. If you haven't seen the trailer, check it out on IMDb. It's Mm. like uh, I really have a soft spot for that Ad Astra movie with Brad Pitt coming out. Yeah, yeah. And now the more I see of it, the more I think "Eh, it's probably not gonna be that good. This movie might be the one I'm looking for. A psychological thriller. In space looks really really good, and I'm happy to see Natalie Portman uh, in a movie again. Yeah, me too. Me too. Any other movie news? We talked a little. uh, Will Ferrell did the rounds as Ron Burgundy. I'm a huge Anchorman fan, so that was interesting to see him on the late night shows. Mm. He's got the podcast, the Ron Burgundy podcast. So Mm. I guess he was pumping that. We don't talk Uh, about other podcasts. We don't. No, we don't. We don't promote it. (laughs) You can. You can. Just just Dragon Questicles. That's it. That's the only one. (laughs) There's two reasons I chose this movie this week. Number one, 25th anniversary. Of course, obviously the Shawshank skill you guys pick on me for all the time, so I can explain it a little better. And two, I saw that people were clamoring. Of course, I like other podcasts. One podcast, The Rewatchables from TheRinger.com. Uh, they do movies all the time, and people were picking on them for not doing this movie. So, so we, we beat uh, you guys. We beat you guys. Yeah, so shouts Bill Simmons. How does it feel? <laughs> How does it feel? <laughs> Getting ahead of the game here. Hey, if you want to take notes, go just go ahead and, and skip to uh, minute 35 or whatever when we Technically, start Technically, we cheated yeah, we off, off of them because so. we did my best friend's wedding, but, you know, we had to do that one. So. <laughs> hey, Simpsons did it. Just saying. Simpsons, uh, yeah, Simpsons did it. They always do it. So, all uh, right, you guys ready to talk about the movie? Let's do it. Yeah. All, all right. right. Let's do it. So... so we're going to be doing the Shawshank Redemption. The right Shawshank here. Redemption. Yeah, so the power of the pick, if you can guess it. 
it was Nick's pick. Was it me? What? I forgot. I can't what? believe it. Are you serious? We should have really beat him to the punch. We should have expected like a while ago. Did, didn't you something. guys watch Venom? I told you guys to watch Venom. No? I already saw it once. We're not doing that. Oh, yeah, we're man. not going to do Venom. So. This is Nick's song song right here. <laughs> I knew I was getting fired soon, so I had to sneak this one in before, uh, before he gave me the boot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, man. But Ryan, what was your reaction to it? So. Ah, the Shawshank Redemption scale. I get it. Oh, there it is. Yeah. I get it now. <laughs> Morgan Freeman really hated the title. Uh, I think I think Tim Robbins was okay, but they say people come up to them all the time and misquote the title. So he wanted to call it something different, or he wanted to call it uh, the Stephen King title, which was Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank mm. Redemption. So, which is a, a short story, not as long as... Uh, 96 pages. Yeah. Came out oh, in really? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, okay. short story. Yeah, short story. It's in the same book of... Uh, I, think it's, I think it's called Four Seasons is the yeah, name of the book. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. And it's got Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, and it actually has the body, which Which was, was Rob Reiner, who yeah. almost directed this movie, but did not. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, it's, a, it's interesting. Like, he did... The, I think he did that book to take on... Uh, other genres other than the horror or the thriller type stuff that he was doing and some great stuff obviously came out of it. Yeah, so. man. He, yeah. it's a, it was a, I don't know if it's common knowledge, but Stephen King's usually sells the rights to, is it just his short stories or both his short stories and novels for $1? Yeah. And he gets, uh, I think he sells the licensing rights, but he still obviously retains rights to like gross totals and things like that. Yeah. So he sold the rights for $1 to this, to Frank Darabont, who directed the movie and he was like, "It's you can't make a feature movie out of 96 pages of this story. Good yeah, luck. Yeah. Yeah, and then let me eight, show you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eight years later, the script was like a super, super hot commodity. Rob Reiner really wanted to do it, was going to pay him three or four million dollars for the script. And Darabont almost sold out because he was like, look, this is going to raise my status in Hollywood. I'm not a seasoned director. I think he did one or two movies prior to this, small ones. Um, and he was going to give it up, but he held on to it. And this is what we get. Rob Reiner's version was going to be, I know we do casting what ifs a little later, but it was going to be, I think, Tom Cruise and Redford in the red part. It's always Tom oh, Cruise. Uh, although there Tom were a bunch of different. Redford? Yep, that oh, was okay. it. Tom Hanks was also offered it, but he was doing Forrest Gump that same mm, year. Yeah. So, well, but a lot of casting what ifs with uh-huh. this movie. Well, the so. next movie that Frank Darabont does, Darabont, is that Green Mile, yeah. Yeah, Green, Green Mile is the next one. Which, which I like. That's Tom another Hanks. Stephen yeah. King movie. And he did. He also did The Mist in 2007. I don't totally hate that one, actually. It wasn't good, but it wasn't awful. Stephen King gives him a lot of credit. Yeah, yeah of that movie if you don't know the yep. ending of that movie i won't spoil yeah, it yeah. but he gives him a lot of credit for what he did with like but, thomas jane in that but so. tim robbins i think he just looks so good in this like time has not been friendly to tim robbins now. i don't know i love <laughs> I, mean, I love me some tim robbins so. yeah but he looks bull durham i, I mean but, na- but in Hutt the sucker proxy in, in the movie he looks great and he has this like Costner. air about him like he has this simple confidence as he like delivers his lines as he just stares off in silence. I don't know. I just I think really like a, looking at him as he just sits there. You know what? Uh-huh. It's, to me, it's a bummer. Uh, Morgan Freeman gets nominated for the best actor. He did, he loses this particular year. Uh, but Tim Robbins should have been nominated at least for best supporting. He has that sort of cold delivery. Yeah. Tim, we Robbins talk about it in X-Files, in right? This. He's the main character. I, I yeah. think he has more lines on balance, although now what you get is Red as the narrator. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which yeah. I think Darabont That's how it is in the book, from, too. Everything's yeah, narrated yeah. through Red. So, right. Yeah. Right. Who's actually Irish in the book. And then, of course, you know, he's Morgan Freeman in this, which the casting in this is pretty much 
you know, it's great casting all around. I can't think of any yeah, yeah. link in here at but all. But you're really, telling me that Morgan Freeman's not Irish? Morgan Freeman's not Irish. Oh, what? In the book, in the book, <laughs> oh, he's maybe, an Irish man, know. but he does quote it in the movie. He does yeah. say, maybe because I'm Irish. Maybe because I'm Irish, yeah. The, yeah. Casting, the Good, casting director, Deb, the Deborah Ag- Aguila, I think she did. Uh, I know you guys will like this. She did Twilight, which is amazing. Right? <laughs> okay. casting all right, all she right. did Primal Fear, which got Ed Norton started. Yeah, yeah. She did La La Land, which I thought was amazing casting. I almost picked that movie this week. Uh, so she's a seasoned casting director, but she fought for Morgan Freeman right off the bat. Mm, really? She's like, I don't care what the book says. This guy's the one to do it. You're going to have narration. And this movie really sparks Morgan Freeman, the narrator. Yeah. He made a career. Uh, he did March of the Penguins, and he's done, obviously, countless commercials and God knows what else. I so, hear you're a man who can get things. Yeah. Been I've, been, things. I've been known to locate things from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I always thought. I don't that... have Rita Hayworth stuffed down my pants right now, but I can get her. <laughs> but it, 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 like, it was always a joke growing up that Morgan Freeman has like the best voice, best yeah. narrating voice. Yeah. That if you're going to have a voice in your head, you'd wish it was Morgan Freeman. I definitely and all would. That. But uh, with all the movies that I've seen Morgan Freeman in, he doesn't do a lot of movements. He kind of like just sits at a table or he just doesn't stands need there. to. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, overdo it. Man. Yeah. But the point that I'm getting at in this movie, though, I really like his like mannerisms and the slight actions, the way he stands, the way he carries himself in the prison yard. Yeah, it really sells his character. He's like this cool, confident, sly. Uh, like uh, he's a seasoned prisoner. Yeah, yeah. He pulls it off. And you get, you well. definitely get that. Institutionalized. Yeah. And he knows <laughs> exactly it too. Right. He's institutionalized. And then when he right comes there. out, yeah, yeah, you really do get a sense of, of confusion and him yeah. not knowing. And you know, and fear. the genius of it is, you know, we like to use the word the juxtaposition of Morgan Freeman's sort of playful red character versus the icy cold Tim Robbins mm-hmm. character. Yeah. They say the judge in the beginning of the movie says, yeah, You strike me as an ice, icy and remorseless man. It chills my blood just to look at you. And Tim Robbins has like this sort of just cold sociopathic look almost the entire time yeah uh and then when you watch the final scenes obviously we could spoil this particular movie there's the the lighting is different and he yeah. has that smile yeah. and it's very intentional everything in this movie is super super intentional mm-hmm. uh it's why for me it's rates so high because there's really not a flaw to... in the filmmaking and the choices they make we'll definitely get into it but this is definitely a 10 for you this is why this the scale is named spoiler what it is. warning <laughs> oh my gosh so, so the shawshank scale is based off of this movie right i've only ever had had two tens and a 10 again i rate rewatchability.com everything is about rewatchability for me and 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 it, we're going to talk a little bit about how this movie gets successful because it's a box office bomb similar yeah, to almost yeah. famous mm-hmm. right this movie it it was on tnt for god probably a decade yeah you yeah. could watch it almost every day of the week for christ's sake and you know what people did it's one of the most highly coveted uh cable movies ever in the history of cable mm. t- uh, tv and this is my first time watching it was on cable yeah. you know what oh, i mean it was yeah. my first time right. ever seeing when now, i was i saw 16. it in the movie theater because yeah. i'm a big nerd and 94 was a big movie year for me actually two movies in my top 10 come out of 94 quiz well, show is the i other was one. barely alive in 94 but for me this was my first viewing of the movie yeah yeah, and so I'm very wow. fascinated. Yeah, you're very I first didn't know viewing. That. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Did you know the yeah. ending at all? Or? I did. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. there was a lot of things that I already knew, like and I sense. really wish yeah. I didn't know yeah. him because, yeah. like, they did hit hard. Like, yeah. and that's why I give this movie so much credit. Even though I knew what was going to happen, it still made me feel these emotions, and that's why I really liked it. If you guys all already know, I'm probably going to give this a high rating. Yeah, yeah. I think we're all going to give like it a high scene. rating. Yeah. So, um, but, bring yeah. out the karate mats. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing is, though, like it's been done so many times in parodies. It's been parodied, yeah. yeah. But that's the that is the mark of a, of a, a a movie that captures the cultural zeitgeist that remains in the lexicon of everybody. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and and, it, and again, I give it. You got to give it credit for its slow burn into becoming mm. an all timer. It was it was a bomb to yeah. begin with. So this is a two hour and thirty five minute movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right around there. Yeah, around there. Yeah, so not quite three hours. No, but. no real fat. No necessary deleted scenes. In fact, they add because it was only ninety six pages, as you pointed out, Tyler, yeah. the short story. So they added layers to it. And for me, the 10 isn't just about my point on it was on cable is like if it's on TNT, I basically like call off dinner plans to finish mm, watching it. Mm -hmm. I can't turn it off. I like it so much. Yeah, yeah. And the last act is so important and meaningful to me uh, that I that's the rewatchability factor of it. But even outside of that casting, music, uh, the acting choices, and there's no fat. All of the subplots, I've had people tell me like the middle is a little bit slow, but all those subplots pay off. Yeah. You gotta have the Brooke stuff. You gotta have oh, the Thomas stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 One of the greatest villains to. of all time, Warden Norton, you yeah. know? Like, I love this guy. What so a they all pay yeah. Off. yeah. <laughs> and, and again, they had to fight for him. They were other actors they wanted, somebody more famous in that role. He had, he was a lesser known guy. He's done a lot of TV, 24 he was on. He was in Demolition Man, some other stuff, so I they had to Demolition. fight for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. We'll, we'll eventually do that. <laughs> yeah, and like screen test after screen test to get this role. So, I mean, when you yeah. when you have a vision like Frank Darabont had, you got to fight for it. And they right. fought for this movie. And again, kind of like Almost Famous, where they fought for that soundtrack or something. They fight and fight and fight. They release it, and it tanks. It oh, man. <laughs> so, like they, and it was a slow burn for it, it to come around. It stands the test so. of time, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It really yeah. Yep. Now, what is it that the warden says when, you know, of course, he meets the new inmates, where he's just like, I only have one rule. Thou should not use the Lord's name in vain, and the rest you all figured out as yeah. you <laughs> it's like okay like mm. and it's like it's what do we eat like <laughs> it's something like uh you're you're entitled to the good book but your ass belongs to me or something yeah like yeah that. I, I, I remember, totally remember there was a lot of really good lines and and a lot of really good scenes the first night of them in prison when they're when they oh, fresh, fresh, yeah when they're they on the horses fresh, and yeah, yeah. yeah and the dude that freaks out and he just gets Lord stomped clancy man. brown and he dies. oh yeah, my clancy goodness brown he's unbelievable he does a good yeah. job in this clancy brown who was on that show earth too that I always wish would come. He's back. a real son of a bitch in this. He's so, great. Yeah. yeah, he's so good. Captain though. Hadley, but that's unbelievable. That beatdown was so gruesome. It reminded me of Full Metal Jacket when uh, they. Yeah, started... I could see some of that. Pile yeah, pile. Yeah, uh, yeah. When they were yeah. when they were beating him with the, uh, the bars and so so. yeah, Oh yeah, there, man. Yeah. But it was just so gruesome. They just kick him in the face, and then and the next day they talk uh -huh. about oh he died in the infirmary because no one was there. Yeah, the that's doctor was crazy. gone for the night, yeah, and he man. just sat there. And then of course when they got in the morning, he was basically dead. And so, but Clancy Brown does a really great job. He's really intimidating. He's really scary. And you don't see him again until Pet Cemetery 2, which is, of course, not. Mm. Really, an original property of Stephen King. It's just right. you know a sequel of uh, <laughs> Pet Cemetery. He's he's been around a little bit. He's had a couple of supporting roles that I really like, but this one is the one that's iconic for him. I yeah, think, and he's so. young in this too. But I mean, I, everyone's young in this. Yeah. So I do. Morgan Freeman looks the same. I do. He looks the same. Yeah. I do like he that scene age. because it really just sets it up for the audience. It's like, oh, they're in the shit now, you yeah. know. And Tim Robbins' character, uh, Andy Dufresne, he asks, "What was his name?" And a guy says. Who gives a, a shit? Yeah, who gives a shit? It doesn't matter what his that name is. That is the great Will Sadler as Haywood, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's just such a good setup for the audience. You're like, oh, man. It's telling like, them what life is like. Exactly, exactly. And as I was watching this movie, it's just a roller coaster kind of guiding the audience to how to we, feel, and they do it so smoothly. We're going to so talk a little well. bit about the mechanics of the story, obviously, but some yeah. of the, some of the we, we can talk about the numbers, of course. Yeah, we, we always got to talk about But the, let's yeah, talk a little yeah, bit about the mechanics, because I know uh, producer Ryan always talks, uh, talks about cinematography. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Roger Deakins, the guy who did Blade Runner 2049, uh-huh. won an Oscar for it, who has done countless amazing cinematography works. Tyler always brings this up, that sometimes you hit lightning in a bottle, right? Deakins wanted a more claustrophobic feel to the movie. Darabont wanted, and they used this place, the Ohio State Re- uh, Reformatory, yeah. an abandoned place, mm-hmm. most of which was taken down, but because the movie's so beloved, they left that center building in place so people come to visit it. But they, he wanted like more like aerial views of the prison. Yeah, you yeah. You get some of I that, that, and then yeah. you get some claustrophobic, but it's the fight between those two geniuses that uh-huh. makes the movie almost perfect yeah, to me. Yeah. Like, sometimes well, that lightning in a bottle. I mean, it Everything in this sense. production was mm-hmm. really, really hard. They uh, Darabont was asking Morgan Freeman to do take after take after take after take. He was almost going to quit at one point because he was so frustrated. Yeah. Really? Uh, but it's in that <laughs> conflict that you get really good art. So I mean, it, it makes sense because you have that balance and you have that struggle kind of between you know Tim Robbins and, Mar- and Morgan Freeman, when they're talking about the conversation of hope. Yeah. Because, course, yeah. On opposite Robbins sides is, yeah, of it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's the crazy you know? thing is Robbins is so cold and sociopathic, but he's the hope guy. Yeah. yeah. On the other hand, Morgan Freeman's like the happy-go-lucky prisoner. This is his life. He's, he's like, institutionalized. Hope's a bad thing But hope here. is like, don't, don't fuck with here. me on hope. Don't bring that shit up because yeah. it'll kill you, you know? Yeah, and yeah. So, and it, that's just the yeah. beauty of it. And you know, yeah, you're yeah. really right because of that conflict where yeah. it just shows like, you know, there is that wider world, but to them, this is isolated. And as far as like cinematography goes and everything, I kind of want to talk about my favorite scene. You know, sure, I guess sure. my favorite yeah, shot, yeah, I guess yeah. you could say, is when Brooks finally gets released. And yeah, of course, you an know, amazing what, subplot. Yeah. You know? And I think my favorite scene is when you see him on the bus and he's gripping the handle of yeah, the bus yeah. so tight. And you see the he's look afraid. of He's afraid. Legitimately see, yeah, afraid. You, yeah. you really yeah. see the look of in fear the, in his face. And I want to so, say in the book, as I did read the book, because I, I saw the movie first. It was that weird thing where I saw the movie first and ended up reading the short story oh, i'm reading it right now life. actually it's so, really yeah. really good uh-huh. it's an easy read but brooks i think dies in a in a mental hospital or maybe something it's a little bit different i think he shoots himself or something oh no he dies of old age in the book yeah not something killing himself but I'm like what darabont does is he he does the brooks subplot which ends with him hanging himself because he can't handle the outside world and then at the end of the movie when red finally gets out yeah you go right back to where you were and it's just perfect payoff you know but I, sometimes the simplest cleanest line through a story is the right one but i just i i really really liked in that regard Mm -hmm. like this is 1994 and yep. I don't know how many people in their minds are really thinking about it. They're just thinking about criminals need to go to jail and that's yeah. it. They don't, and they don't think about what's after that. They don't think about the life that they live in after prison and then and after they come out and how hard and how difficult it is to the readjust. Transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then seeing that Which is awful because it's supposed to be about rehabilitation yeah, but yeah. it's not. It's yeah. about punishment. But, but seeing that on the screen and just like putting it right in front of your face, it makes you feel uncomfortable and you feel bad for these people. You you definitely do, but I feel like like this movie to me is about friendship more than it's a prison movie as a whole, and it's yeah. a, it's a unique friendship movie between two and, adult guys. And, and I agree I really with that. Appreciate. I agree with that. But it's just that little detail that was added in and like peppered into the movie. It really oh makes they hit it hard volume. Yeah, yeah. with yeah. the sisters, that shit hits hard. Think about that Rita Hayworth scene where they're watching the movie Gilda. I think is, mm, is a movie mm-hmm. that's on the on the uh, theater. Yeah, yeah. Flip. It's a great moment and where everyone two gets friends, excited. And then yeah. immediately after that, he's in the top of the film mm. room where the sisters attack yeah. him. It's that just reality of like we we bring you up and we take you down. That's that's life yeah, inside yeah. of Shawshank. So and that's the that's the beauty of the film. Let me ask you this. So I, I try not to talk about Oscars too too much, but 67th Oscars in 1995. Guess what wins best cinematography over Shawshank? Now Forrest Gump is nominated. Red is nominated. Wyatt or Wyatt Earp is it's uh, Costner's Wyatt Earp, um, and then Legends of the Fall. 
Legends of the Fall wins Best Cinematography over Shawshank Redemption. Okay, what is even Legends I of the Fall? Yeah, I've never, never even heard yeah, of that. That's a Brad that, Pitt yeah. movie about like a soldier that comes back. Um, uh, Henry Thomas from E.T. is in it. I think Anthony Hopkins is in it. It's a yeah. really mediocre movie. I don't know. It has yeah. not stood the Considering test of time. I know what Shawshank yeah. Redemption is, and then <laughs> oh, Legends of the Fall, like, what's that? <laughs> yeah, we know the Oscars never quite get it right, but that was uh, that was sometimes they do, but not every always. Once in a while. Yeah, every once in a great while, I agree. They get it right, but this ninety-one Silence of the Lambs, right? They got that year right. Yeah, we always talk about Silence of the Lambs like that. To me, right. Forrest Gump has not really stood the test of time in terms of rewatchability. It's not on my top 25 or 50 list. I can't remember if it's on my 100. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, so this one, you know, for, is like near the top of the list. Yeah, the top. Yeah. So I, I wonder like how people, you know, as time goes on, it's interesting to see like how a movie ages and becomes mm-hmm. rewatchable and revisit, you know, able to revisit it now, so easily. I saw this when I was about 16 on TV. It was uh-huh. probably TNT, of course, you know, because that's where it was. It was on there for years, time, years right? and years yeah. and years. Yeah, Ted yeah. Turner so, nailed it. He's like, I want the rights to this you know, thing. I knew the ending of Six Sense because everyone knows the ending of Six Sense. Yeah, right? yeah. You're just, just yeah. kind of born knowing the ending of Six Sense after it comes <laughs> out, and so, but basically when it came to this movie like i had heard about it but i did not know the ending of it and when i saw it i actually saw it uh the first scene i had saw was when he's in when he's with the sisters and they're you know after the rita hayworth uh you know yeah in the, he's in, in the, the movie theater, area yeah, yeah. In the movie theater area and so i saw from that point on all the way to the movie so i did not know that he actually escapes you know spoiler warning by the way anyways but <laughs> we're gonna spoil this later. one right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so uh but if you know, haven't seen it what the hell's the matter yeah what's wrong with you why are you what listening is to this matter with you? Right yeah now, so, even yeah. i've seen it come yeah, on come guys on <laughs> i don't wait i don't always quote uh, uh critics but i'll quote ian nathan who yeah. says look if you don't love the shawshank redemption you are beyond redemption yeah that's what so, it is and i feel but, that you know anybody should really the ending then at least see this because i didn't know the ending of it and when i first saw it it blew me away i was like because even she's working against me and <laughs> I, I thought for sure that, of course, Tim Robbins, Andy Dufresne, killed himself. He I thought I. Yeah, he definitely yeah. did. And then, of I course, you know, did. when that whole scene, that you know, as far as when, he, when the warden throws, I think it's the chess pieces, when he throws it through yeah, the, the, you know, the poster. And, of course, you're just like, what's going on? He puts his finger through it. And it's just this giant hole. And <laughs> there were some people that complained out, so. that Andy Dufresne, like, how could he have put the poster back up so cleanly? Yeah. But it's such a small thing. That- I mean... Who cares? I mean, right? you see him working on. Let me ask you this, Tyler. Yeah, he always had it holding up. So it, if it doesn't end like that, because again, I had not read the story. I didn't know much about it prior yeah. to seeing the movie. And I was blown away by that. I didn't need a surprise twist ending or anything like that. Right. But I was blown away by that. That just seals the deal on its greatness. But if it doesn't end like that and he kills himself in his cell, is it still a movie about friendship or is it a prison movie? Hmm. Prison movie. Yeah, I kind of think I, so. Yeah, right? yeah. You kind of need movie. that redemption. That, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Obviously, and and that's it, why you don't change the title. Yeah. That's why the title stands. Who cares if people don't like it right away? Mm. So Yeah, because, yeah, it's the redemption of all exactly. of it. And he even talks about it, you know, when he's having his final conversation with Red before he escapes, is he's paid for his crimes. Even though he's innocent of murdering his wife, you know, he's paid for his crimes and then some. Yeah, and yeah. So, what, one know, of my favorite moments of the whole thing is when Morgan Freeman narrates. He's like, I'd like to wonder what was going through the warden's head besides the bullet. Yeah, it's so genius, you know, oh, it's so man. perfectly well, so done, so well done. Yeah, know? the dialogue is really good in this movie. The writing is unbelievable. Frank Darabont, obviously a very, very good writer. He, he's actually been involved with other movies like uh, Indiana Jones movies yeah. and stuff like that, rewrites. Uh, he was out, He was big on The Walking Dead 
pretty yeah, controversial. He's, he's he's a pretty hard ass, is what we hear on the movie sets itself. He likes to do take after take. Like we said, he could be hard on the actors. He ran Walking Dead season one. Yeah. Uh, he had he had um, uh, done from the graphic novel. He had written the original mm-hmm. first six or seven episodes, I think. Yeah. Then they fired him somewhere between one and two or something like that. I think what it is. And that, while since I looked at half it, half the people really loved him and half the people really hated him. Yeah. So he's a controversial figure to a certain extent. Because you had him in uh you had him in season one for sure, and I think he was gone for season two, which is the fall. I stopped watching season. after season like, two. Yeah. Yeah. But season three and four, I think they pick him back up and then eventually uh someone else takes over. I can't even remember. I've fallen off the Walking Dead, the TV show. <laughs> yeah, like me a too. I stopped watching. Ago, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, this thing's dead and it's been overkill. And they're mm. just like, we'll never stop. AMC's just like, we'll give it more movies. We'll give and it people all still watch stuff. it, so you can't really blame them. But for me, it was the first season and then I was pretty much out. I think I watched yeah. the entire second season and stopped after that. But that was it. The first With season me, was what I wanted. I was on board. Glenn dies. And after that, it just kind of got yep, really edited yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but good Glenn death scene, though, by the way. So yep, in that, he died yeah. with the baseball bat. The baseball baseball bat. Seal straight to the head. Oh, so. man. <laughs> yeah. Straight to the head. I knew a lot of people it. were pretty upset about that. I mean, I mean, you knew it was going to happen. I mean, it had to happen. Right? Like it just <laughs> yeah, because he's Asian and he has to die. Well, no, because in the <laughs> comics, that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> you how just many... Google Glenn Death and it shows up in Google Images. How many of these people that watch like, Do you want show? to stay close to the source material or not? You know? How many people you, you who watch the show you do, if you don't. know about the comic books? They don't know. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm not true. sure. I, mean, I think the, the hardcore fans are comic fans. Did, did we they talk about the ending? Because the comic did end. Oh, no, we didn't talk no. about it. Oh, we didn't, we didn't talk, about, talk it. about it? Well, the Walking yeah. Dead comics ended. So, <laughs> interesting ending. So, but yeah, as far as like with the Shawshank Redemption, yeah, you know, it's definitely that movie. It's prison movie meets that friendship movie. And it's that constant struggle between, you know, how much hope do you hold on to it and how much of it is really just yeah. dangerous. Yeah. And so, and which is really interesting. And I can't really see, you know, because I know you talked about some of the different casting choices with this. I think anybody anybody okay on. with Costner as Andy Dufresne? No. Nicholas Cage? No. <laughs> yeah, no, I Nicholas mean, Cage. I, like yeah. I really like yeah, Okay, Nicholas how about Cage. this? I kind of like this one. I wasn't really sold on the Robert Redford one, but Paul Newman was discussed for Red. Mm. For okay. Cool Hand Luke, there's some symmetry there. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, just, it's so uh, hard to envision anyone else but Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah it's just and it's I just agree. the voice, man. See, I don't know. Harrison Ford as Red maybe could have worked. Because, well, you know what the difference is? Like, I love Rob Reiner, but his version of this movie is different for sure than what Darabont does. So I don't think it's an all-timer if it's Rob Ryan, Harrison Ford, and Tom Cruise. I don't think that works as well. But yeah. but that's the thing, though. It's not just the portrayal of the character like on the screen. It's also the narrating, the voice acting, behind the cinematography, how it's delivered. the music yes. underneath. How about when Andy locks yeah. the door and plays, the, yeah, yeah. plays the Mozart? But, you know? Yeah, I just think that Morgan Freeman just has Figaro, a very smooth like voice. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. And, and again, Tim him, Robbins, so. like you guys brought up, Tim Robbins' cold sort of icy stare is really important to the character. And then mm-hmm. the payoff scene where there's no lines at the end, just sort of the smile. Two friends meeting again, having yeah, to see yeah. each other. So. Could you put Dustin Hoffman in Tim Robinson's place? Tim Robbins' place? Um, I mean, like a young Dustin Hoffman? Yeah. I don't know. I don't hate old it. he was at this point. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, about, in 94, so. How about Dustin Diamond, the guy that played Screech? Absolutely. From Screech, from, for sure. <laughs> from Saved by the Bell. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> this, this is a movie that should never be uh, remade, by the way. Oh, yeah, no way. I also you think can't. it holds oh, yeah. up because it looked like it's lost in time. It's a period piece anyway. No, so I, no, I think it's, it's lost great. Yeah, great. No. It really yeah. does. Like so, comparing it to movies nowadays, it's, 
still I really want, good. I'm so desperate, as you guys know, for more movies like this. Less less Black Widow movies and more Shawshank Redemption movies. Something like Just that. Just use what Stephen is, King. What, so. now, now, Nick, you say that. What does that mean? What you know is, what it is? I'll, I'll, probably, uh, I'll probably get in trouble somewhere on Twitter for it. But what I would say is more $25 million dramas, less $200 million comic movies. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I sort of give credit to the 30 or $40 million comic movie that's trying something different, like Hellboy. Yeah. I think it was around $50 million or something like that. So they're trying something different, but they're not betting too, too much on it. Because what happens is, whether we like it or not, the business of Hollywood is part of this thing. So yeah, Avengers makes billions of dollars, right? But if one of these things fails, a la Justice League or whatever, it's over. Hey, so yeah. that's the problem. But if you make a $25 million movie and it tanks, it's not the end of the world for the studio. You know what's a really so that good... That means directors get more freedom, take more chances. That's what I like. You know what's a really good drama that just re was released within the past couple of years? Hereditary. That yeah. was... A... <laughs> that was you know what? I will say this. I'll give you guys some credit. The horror movie, um, the business of horror movies is they have really figured this thing out. Yeah. What's the company that's really, really famous? That does a, the... Yeah, 824. 824, right? Yeah. And they're really good at giving a, 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 a director that did a short or a director that's not well known uh -huh. a couple million dollars to do what they do. And at, and Just, even if only one out of 10 works out, that one is really, really good. And Hereditary is kind of one of those yeah. success yeah, yeah. stories. It's they the have a few of them. And Ari Absolutely. Aster, you know, I still haven't seen Midsummer, uh, which it I still follows, really want to see. I haven't heard yeah. Even though I, I didn't like it, either. follows. Yeah. It has an interesting cinematography and a different look. And that is a tent pole for that director to move on and do something else. Well, so. big shout out to one of my friends. But I want dramas like that, not just horror uh, one of my friends really goes to bat for It Follows, and we had this big discussion. Yeah, there's yeah, like there. it. talked a little bit about it. I think yeah. during it's kind of a funny story, right? Or... Uh, we talked about yeah. it, but one of yeah, my, my one of my friends, so you didn't like when it, he was right? down, I yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't but like it she really goes to bat for it, and I told her that beautiful I'll give cinematography. It, yeah, I told her I give it a second chance, so maybe you might see it on the podcast. Sure. I'll, yeah, I'll watch it again. I'll watch it the first time. There were a few things I really liked about it, and a lot that I did not like about it. I think the the content of the story I did not like, but the way it was shot and the music I really well we'll definitely so. get into it but there's something that you have to be in on in order for you to really get the story oh is that like, right that, that's in my opinion is it drugs no <laughs> <laughs> but, go on <laughs> but we'll uh, we'll get into that to, later I got called we'll out for my LSD uh, thing on uh, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood podcast in a so, way somebody called go. me out yeah <laughs> but let's talk about the, we always talk about the numbers on Talking Flick we could talk about the specifics of this particular movie so it cost 25 million dollars to make right Everybody loved the script so much. Now, I know Castle Rock initially wanted Rob Reiner to take charge, but Darabont lays down his foot. It's my script. I'm going to direct it. So then immediately after that's sort of worked out, he gets $25 million to do it. He basically gets carte blanche to do what he wants. It makes $16 million at the box office in 94. Now, 94 is a big movie year. To me, one of the better movie years. Forrest Gump, True Lies, uh, Clear and Present Danger, uh, The Mask, Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber. I think they all come out that same year. Oh, that came out the same year? Wow. The same year. <laughs> Jim Carrey just owned that year. I was born yeah. that year, so it's so there was a, year, there, yeah. it, was a, it was a big year for box office successes, but this was not one of them. Uh, neither was Quiz Show, which is in my top 10 also, but... So what happens is the movie pretty much fails. And no, even though it tested very good with audiences, the critics really liked it. Ebert gave it three and a half. Um, we'll talk a little bit about IMDb on the all-time list and stuff like that. Um, it goes to cable in around 97. It takes about two, three years. It, it gets a modest bump in um, uh, VHS sales. 
and it became, I think, one of the highest rated. It was top four, top five of the DVD or uh, VHS rentals in '95. Mm-hmm. But then it goes to cable on the Turner Broadcast Network, TNT, mm-hmm. TBS, where they play it incessantly. Yeah, and they play it incessantly because people watch it over yeah. and over and over again. It's it's now worth. I think it. I think the studio got a hundred million dollars from cable rights just from showing it on different cable networks. It's been on 13 different cable networks uh, since 2013. It is the top three all-time played movie. It rivals Scarface and Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm, wow. It's the only two movies That's that have hilarious. shown more than The Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. But about- again, an adult rated R drama, basically. Yeah. That's pretty impressive, right? Ooh. So also the way it's edited, I think, works for cable pretty well. There's not there's stuff that they can edit out that doesn't take away too much from the story. Mm. So, so it made $80 million from VHS and Blu-ray since then. On DVD, obviously, and a hundred million dollars from the cable rights. Didn't make any money at the box office, but became a success. So it's like the little engine that could. Yeah. And it and slowly started moving up everybody's top one hundred, top fifty, top ten list. Now it's in. I think we talked about it earlier, little. but it's in the vault, right? Like where it's in the vault. Know, the, AFI has it as number seventy-two. Whatever it is. Uh, yeah, I believe so. It's in the DC uh, tagged it as historically relevant. Put it in the vault. AFI has it, like I said, number two or number seventy-two. IMDb has it number two, I think, all time behind The Godfather. Hmm. So. So, you know, obviously Rotten Tomatoes is 91 and 98 critic and audience. So it's very even anything in Critics the 90s. Critics gave it 91 percent and yep. audience Nine, gave it 98. Correct. Oh, okay, yep. that's yep. audience. Now, I, know, I was actually uh, on board right away. In 94, yeah. when I saw it in the movie theater, it was already one of my favorite movies. Uh-huh. Uh, Quiz Show, which came out that same year, was already one of my favorite movies. And it never fell off the list. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just see it once and it's enough. It didn't matter. that I didn't know it was rewatchable necessarily that early, but it was in my top 10 right off the bat. Would you so. say once a year rewatchable, once every other year rewatchable? So this is probably my 23rd, 24th time oh, seeing shoot. it. This is like my that. second time. Yeah. <laughs> seeing it i don't get tired of it. yeah mm. and it, and i think this time it, it always means something to me it's one of the few movies that kind of moves me on a spiritual level i'm not a very spiritual guy but this movie always touches me because it's it's there's so many highs and lows to it yeah yeah i agree and, I and agree. the friendship through line is so powerful that it really touches me every single time it doesn't bring me to tears but i'm always happy at the end say what you're like i want i <laughs> want watch- a, a andy dufresne in my life yeah you yeah. watch brooks die or are 23 you, times. Wait, are, are you in that? Are You're you, a mad man. Are, are you an Andy Dufresne or are you a Red? I, you know what? I'm a bit of both. I'm a bit of both. You can and I have both. Yeah, I can have both. I can have my cake and eat it too. That's how I go. Are, you, probably, in, are you innocent though? To tell That's you the <laughs> truth, I'm more I'm more Andy Dufresne than I am Red. My lawyer fucked me. <laughs> <laughs> Judge had it out for me. Everyone's innocent here. <laughs> I love it when he says Alexander dumbass. Oh, <laughs> I believe that's Doom Watts about a prison break, right? It's just amazing. <laughs> so right okay. is just spot on. <laughs> Can I all right, so with no remake, we wouldn't do a remake. Absolutely. Could, no, you can't do it. Could there be a the Shawshank Redemption 2. Could there be a sequel? Well, to not necessarily. Have you guys seen Castle Rock on Hulu? Uh, a little no, bit. I, I saw have the not. first two episodes. So it actually, part of it, it doesn't center around it, but they do mention the Castle Rock is like basically because Stephen King has his own kind of like, you know, kind the of Stephen multiverse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stephen King universe, all that. And so, but Shawshank is in yeah. Castle Rock. Interesting. And it's where they store a certain character, of a very certain main character, which is Bill Skarsgård. Skarsgård? Yeah, Skarsgård's yeah, Skarsgård. character. He's in there. So if Castle Rock, it's really good. One season out so far. They're going to do a second season. It's only 10 episodes. It's well worth the watch for mm. sure. If you really like Stephen King, 
this is well worth the watch. And there's just all these different kind of Easter the, eggs throughout his all his properties in here. So, so I watch a little bit of it, and I like pieces of it. Obviously, they yeah. touch on The Shining and Shawshank. They touch on a bunch of different they stuff. They touch right? on a lot of stuff, yeah. Something about the tone and the way it's shot struck me as disingenuous to Stephen King's vision. Mm-hmm. That's what I didn't like about it. But the idea is really, really cool. So I... I I, I I think it got did it get canceled? Or is no, it coming it's back? coming, it's coming back. back. It's got a second season. Okay, so maybe it'll improve months. as it goes along, and I need to revisit it. So I, I enjoyed it. Can so. can I put out an audible? Like this is a new segment that I want to kind of start oh, up. No, we have a uh, thousand yeah. new segments. <laughs> 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 so the Shawshank Redemption two. What would that be about? Um, Red and uh, Andy Dufresne get kidnapped again, or not kidnapped? They get thrown in jail again. They get caught, mm. and so and then they plan a second escape. Or, uh, well, because Red, Red is free, but well, I, no, he I violates can't... his parole. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's technically, you know, wanted again. Yep. So, yeah. Okay. I, 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 I can dig that. I can find that. I can I would that. think it's Andy dealing with Red dying and, mm. and their friendship coming to an end that way. So that's what I would say. But I don't think it's necessary and, and I don't want it at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, of course it's not necessary. That's why you know this what? is a segment. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, Andy and, uh, it's Andy and Red, right? And it's the zombie apocalypse, and they have to make their way back to Shawshank because they know it's secure That's the there. stronghold, yeah. Yeah, that's the stronghold. So it's about their journey back into, basically, the place that tormented them for so mm. long. They, and right is, there, knows how to write zombies. Is, so. there anything, is there anything creepy about their friendship in the movie? Oh, you mean like subtleties? Of yeah, like, like like Top Gun or... is kind of homoerotic in a weird way. Well, well Top really... Gun is definitely homoerotic. When you're playing volleyball, yeah, when you're playing volleyball, like they're yeah, like a too much hanging fun. out with the, the boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kenny Loggins, man. But the genius of this movie is that there's really not a lot of there's nothing really there, um, and I think that to have a movie, it's almost Greek, like Greek mythology or classic Greek literature. It's that like bromance that's just oh yeah no no I, I agree yeah. yeah and just when very red touching. when red is narrating while Andy Dufresne is gone and his like his yeah. life now that has passed he's happy for his friend but now he realizes that his world is much bleaker it's really touching and you get the sense of that he really cared about his friend and that's, that's why the end is so powerful when they just see each other yeah, he's so happy to see somebody and you don't else. have to they don't have to say well, anything you see them hug too yeah, like, yeah. kind of in the distance you see them actually give each other a hug yeah yeah is the first time i think we ever see them actually like you have know physical contact like that physical yeah. contact i think yeah. you look right yeah. uh, what's that thing that annie dufresne says when morgan freeman tells them like oh the sisters are into you and he's just like would it help if i told him i'm not a homosexual <laughs> yeah and he's like well they're not either <laughs> you have to be human to care yeah those guys yeah, are yeah, human, human to qualify to be yeah, like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, some of the some of the lines are the some birds are not meant to be caged some of the undertones there a lot of people like and darabon has has played off of this uh, when you watch a movie, just like when you look at a piece of art, you take your perspective on it and you make it sort of your own. So there's some like Christ-like religious undertones to the movie. Oh yeah, Andy Dufresne with the glow when he comes into Shawshank. Exactly. Yeah. Look the... at the cinematography <laughs> and the pictures. We're looking at the screen the right in front of yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. But Darabont, the iconic shot. Darabont, to his credit, says, "Look, I didn't think about any of that stuff, but everybody right. that watches it can can think whatever they like." Yeah, you it's like the, the curtains are blue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 But I like that. It just adds to the the aura of it. If you're gonna criticize it, the, the no female characters kind of. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I think that's why it's not a box sense, office though, right? success. Yeah, that it does make that sense. sense but like the only the does, only but... female character is an unlikable female character. Yeah, well, you right? only see the very her beginning. For a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but I would argue, I would counter argue and say, look, the three posters: Raquel Welch. 
Marilyn Monroe, oh, yeah. Hayward, you know right. what? Yeah, they help. Pretty significant yeah, to the story. Right. Right. They, they helped are. him throughout. So, what's uh, who are you choosing out of the three? What poster are you going to have? Give me Rita Hayworth. So, Rita yeah, Hayworth. I'm going Rita Hayworth. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the original is good. Yeah. Yeah. Although Raquel Welch, close second. But yeah, I do think like that. There is that, and I think because. That was the case. There aren't a lot of female characters, so it's not a broad audience. You're right. automatically cutting that out. One of the reasons it's not successful in its original box office run. Mm, so right, yeah. uh, who wants to see a bleak prison movie? And Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins both have said multiple times that there really was no good way to market this movie. Yeah. How do you market the Shawshank Redemption? Weird title, bleak prison movie without giving anything away. It's not that easy. Right. So maybe there was no chance that it was going to be a success. Well, it is now. You know what I mean? It's it definitely the test is now. Of time and, you know, although it's not, wasn't a big hit when it came out, but critically now, I mean, it's in the vault. Yeah. Street Fighter came it, out so. the same year and made like six times more than this movie. Wow. <laughs> Sean Claude Van Damme. Oh, oh. That's right. <laughs> Raul Julia, right? That was a good part by him. Yeah, man. That was awesome. I oh, quote man. that all the time. <laughs> Sean Claude Van Damme. But um, oh, so uh, I would like to see the trailer like it, back in the day I want to see what the trailer was like have you guys I love seen the trailer. trailer I've never seen yeah, the trailer I've seen yeah, three yeah. different trailer versions of it uh, does it give anything away how no do, absolutely like, not how do you feel okay as someone it that has never watched it ends with beautiful cinematography of him coming out in the rain and it's very very so well it done. ends with that on the trailer? the trailer yeah very near the end doesn't it kind of like spoil it then yeah no, I don't think so. I don't think people understood. Yeah, because okay. you can't really tell where he is geographically. Well, yeah, I... back, back then too, in '94, when you saw a trailer, the movie you're not poster, analyzing it yeah, at all. True. Yeah, you're if you look like, at the screenplay, okay, I'm holding it up on News Channel Eight here. The news. This is the poster of the movie for the most part. Yeah, I think there were a couple posters, but basically you're looking at him in the rain. You can't tell where he's at or what he's doing. So I don't think. Uh, actually, don't think the way it was sold and the way people thought of that movie, they expected any kind of prison breaks situation there. Yeah, mm. definitely. When I watched it well, for the first time, I didn't think about it you like the count of monte crisco yeah it's about and i love the count. that's one of my favorite books honestly they love that they reference the book in the movie it's perfect and now when you watch it like i've seen it so many times i can't believe the first time i saw it it never really crossed my mind yeah you know same it doesn't here. cross yeah, my mind yeah, yeah, at yeah. all in there at there's all. like hint after hint after hint yeah little red herring it'll take them 900 you know I mean? like, years you know oh to yeah 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 out of there with this and it only took them again credit years yeah credit to the uh to the filmmaking ability of Frank Darabont, who's really never made a movie, uh, obviously, of this equal. Yeah. I was okay with The Green Mile. I actually am a fan of The Majestic. It's one of Jim Carrey's better yeah, performances. Yeah, I like The Majestic. But, and The Mist, like I said, was fine. But he's he hasn't he hasn't come up with something this good. As big as a yeah, hit. So, of course. So. I want to talk about, uh, what is it, when uh, Andy Dufresne's talking to Morgan Freeman. Because, of course, you know, he kind of rises up. And he helps everyone out as far as like the, you know, the warden as well as the officers there with their financials. Yeah. Another subplot yeah. that you need to have to set up where yeah. they go with the warden and, and the ending. And it's so. so it's so funny, too, because, you know, how he, calculated was that? Do you was Andy wife, calculated you know? the whole way? Oh, it's yeah. wonderful. And yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah, no, it and was just, a good setup. And that brings it. him all the way to the edge. <laughs> and then you find out he doesn't drink. And it's like, oh, this guy doesn't yeah, even drink. Again, Christ like a lot of people say that correlates to The Last Supper and the giving of wine. Well, I'm just well, telling you what people yeah. think. Uh, I don't think that, but yeah. I'm, I'm just saying people, like people go stretch. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like out. to stretch too, but, <laughs> but again, only testament after to good art is people like.
like overthink it, you know, and they go deep down the rabbit hole there. Yeah, but great scene when he gets all his guys' beers, when he talks so to great. the hard ass, you know, the yeah. hard ass, you know, Clancy Brown. Or Clancy and, Brown, and the, yeah, Clancy yeah, Brown. Yeah, yeah. build up to like where he they gets say. Some cold beers. Yeah, like the cold beers. Like you feel He's like, like more of a man drink. with a bottle of suds, you know, you feel like a free man for a second. When then they do the tax returns for half the guards, tax returns for so all the guards. Ones. Now the guards from the other facilities yeah. are coming yeah, over. Yeah. <laughs> leading up to the warden basically skimming off the top on his works program. But yeah. That, for that, slavery, for basically. slavery, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> but Dentured servitude. That, that's a theme that I really enjoyed as well, and we talked a little bit about it, but that little microcosm that this is a self-sustaining world that is set yeah. apart from the rest of the world, and that's why it's such a uh, culture shock when they leave this and then they become nothing. That's, that, I think yeah. they use that. Yeah. They're like, in here, I'm someone. Inside, but I'm there, a somebody. I'm yeah. an educated but man. But out yeah. there, I'm, the guy like, can I'm get nothing. Things. Yeah. I bag groceries. And that's why the, the Brooks store. subplot yeah. is so important, and credit to Darabont for changing that in, from yeah. the short story to what he did in oh, this yeah. movie, because it's so important. It's such a big payoff. Yeah, yeah. Also, w- without those little subplots, and I want to talk a little bit about the Gil Bellows, uh, Tommy, where Tim Robbins teaches him, and he has the information about Andy. In the book, what happens is he trades that information. Uh, there's multiple wardens in the book. It's not just the one. Mm-hmm. I'm glad Darabont did that. He composited it down to one guy, one evil, evil character. Yeah. But um, what happens is he trades it to get a better prison. He goes to a better prison with that information. But in the movie, he kills him. And that payoff is genius, mm-hmm. especially uh-huh. when you notice it's Clancy Brown's silhouette up there that shoots him. It's really, yeah. really, really young yeah. kid right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was gonna, gonna be in, uh, uh tommy tommy yeah, that's tommy, right. yes, yes. And that he was gonna be brad pitt. And yeah yeah uh, man originally brad pitt had signed wow. on to play that role really but thelma and louise broke the year before and yeah. he got famous so he started getting other ones obviously legends of the fall yeah which for some reason won an oscar um he <laughs> he had to bow out for that and they got uh, gil bellows to play him who i think does a great job yeah. so but it would be interesting to know brad pitt in this movie would be amazing i think it would, i actually think that's the one where like i would have liked to have seen that yeah so, that would have been interesting to I, I did not know that he was going to die, but a bunch of flags started coming. A bunch of death flags started coming up when they're like, oh, maybe it's because he has a kid and, and a wife that's out on the outside yeah. and he wants to be a better man and stuff. And yeah. then he gets uh, uh, a C plus average C or plus whatever. Average. Yeah, to get yeah. His, uh, his, Andy sends yeah. it in without so like, permission because he throws it away. And then yeah. immediately when he started doing that, I was like, oh man, this guy's going to die. This guy's yeah. going <laughs> to die. I don't, I don't remember thinking about it too up much. Yeah, yeah. He's going to die. I don't remember thinking about it too much, but what I really liked about it was when the warden drops the cigarette and puts it out and just looks up. Yeah. I just love that shot. I just think Man, it's so genius. It is so Man. sad too. It's, it's so sad. And then Andy's Man. in the hole, so they tell Two him. Two months. And again, just like we talked about before with the highs and the lows, right? The kid got a C plus average. I thought you'd like to know. Only a couple scenes later. You know, he was killed and Andy yeah, finds out man. in the hole. Oh, it's just man. devastating. And then the warden comes to say 30 more days, you know, yeah. so just devastating oh, stuff. I definitely like the scene where as far as, uh, you know, of course, Andy's been established as, you know, he's their tax guy. He's their money guy now for the whole entire prison. He got them the library. He got them all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he's talking to Red how, you know, basically, you know, what he's been doing and how when he was on the outside, he was an honest man. He was straight as an arrow. Yeah, yeah. He had to it go took, to prison. It, it took, it to took become prison to make me a criminal. Yeah. So <laughs> Absolutely. He invented this whole new character that has a social security card. You know, all this stuff. And, of course, it all ties Randall, in at the end. Randall Stevens. Yeah, yeah. Randall Stevens. Yeah. So <laughs> it all ties in at the end. I when made they, him up. When they do the big reveal as far as, you know, how he fucked over the the warden, which <laughs> yeah. I was really glad. I was yeah. like, he oh, deserved yeah. it. You There's, son of a bitch. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of just $370,000. Yeah. That's yeah. how much he got away with. Yeah, yeah. but there's well, a lot. Well, in 1960, what was it? That's 19, a ton of money. Yeah. Uh, 66. Yeah, 66. Yeah, yeah. That's a ton of money. So, I mean, but God, yeah. It's just, it's such a nice reveal at the end as far as like, it's just the warden 
Clancy Brown, they all get their just desserts. Yeah. And you hear Casting, the castings, pacing, yes. the script so perfect. I think that at one point they say, I think it's uh, Morgan Freeman's narration where he says, geology is the study of pressure and time. Yeah. We had spent so much yeah. time yeah. with Very the good. rocks and the petrified horse shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> these geology. That's a good one. Right? Yeah, yeah. Just so they can deliver that line and it's so meaningful. No, by no, the time they uh, say it. It's really so good. So well done. Nothing yeah. is wasted. That's why the editing, and, and, and that's even, why it's so rewatchable. Um, even when they're kind of talking about that first night, as far as who's going to cry first, they talk about, you know, the hard-ass uh, officer, Clancy Brown. When he got arrested, he apparently started to cry. Yeah, yeah. Like so it's just yeah. everyone kind of gets their just desserts in this yeah, whole kind yeah. of grand scheme of things, which I definitely love. But so. my uh, one detail. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and the Bible. There's little deliberate shots, and yeah, it's really and then good he how they pull there, it out. You know, it, what did he write in the Holy Bible that uh, he gives the word? That he salvation the, lay within. Yes, yes, there you go. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. One thing so that I really smart. liked, one thing that I really liked about Tim Robbins' character is you bring up this like icy cold yeah. like look on him, but his smug look, like yeah. it's yeah. so. That's why I think he was perfect for the role. Cost, yeah, no, Costner yeah. can't do that. No, no Cruz Costner, can't do that. I, yeah. But when yeah, when he has that little Maybe smirk or that little <laughs> smile, uh, they first show it when he's on the roof after he got everyone those beers, yeah. and then just throughout it's the like, movie, it it's just, almost like a childlike wonderment. Versus his icy sort of stick up his ass. Yeah, like, yeah, like and they say. and again, you just feel it. You feel the emotion. You know what's going on yeah. through his mind, and he he has the better. He in should have been situation. nominated for an Oscar. It's an unbelievable you performance. Know, yeah. I, I agree love the performance with you, of Nick. Luke yeah, and Bull Durham. But come on, this was a great performance. I mean, just yeah. taking a look as far as everything, and we could watch this movie, you know, three times in a row. Absolutely, and let's a, do it. And let's do it next <laughs> week. <laughs> That's about what is that? Nine, ten hours right there. So, so, but I feel like you could watches three times in a row and you can find something new yeah, probably yeah, every single without reaching into Christ-like figures or anything. Yeah. You know, you can find something new that you probably didn't they, notice before. They send you here for life and that's exactly what they do. At least the part mm. that counts anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So, so <laughs> smart. Yeah, yeah. Bot's a great writer. I'm waiting for his next masterpiece. I feel like he's got one more in him. I think <laughs> so, so too. So. Well, Why? let's talk about, I just want to talk about the ending just one more time because yeah. there, the one last sort of turn the movie takes after the uh, after we find out Andy breaks out of prison is sort of the epilogue. Yep. The epilogue which juxtaposes the Brooke stuff with Red now getting out of prison. Yeah, yeah. It's very, it's not that long and, and again there's no fat really in this movie. Nothing that I would really edit out but that slow burn where Red is bagging the groceries. Red is at the halfway yeah. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brooks you know, was and here. then he sets up a table, you know, to climb. Yeah. It's just so well done. Can and it I, really leads to that. It's, that friendship thing is amazing. Can I ask, so there was a scene though that I was kind of confused of. Uh, either I felt like it wasn't necessary, or they might have mentioned something and I missed it. It's a terrible but thing to live in fear. When he's talking about every day, he thinks about ways to break his parole, yeah. and then he goes. He's standing in front of a shop, and then there's a gonna camera break, shot. Yeah, he's gonna break in or whatever. He's or gonna or do. there's like Buy guns. The gun. There's yeah. guns oh, there, yeah, gun. and right. then all yeah. of a sudden there's compasses, and then he buys a compass. And I, I wondered what was the significance of the compass. Does he? Do they talk about compasses? They talk about where the, the where the rock is where remember yeah. they're talking about Buxton Texas where oh, he has to go and find the Ma rock Maine Maine oh is it, Buxton, is it Maine? Maine yeah Buxton, Maine. oh yeah it's yeah. right yeah. there yeah. in Maine I forgot yeah. Yeah. okay yeah. So, alright yeah you're right he Texas needed the, 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 yeah. the border and he line. finds the alabaster rock yeah. with the stuff underneath mm, with the money okay. and then I love the scene where he's leaning back against the rocks and he sees the $50 bills and the old 
uh, convict in him. He looks around like, oh my God, someone's yeah, going to yeah, take yeah. my money. Yeah. It's so well, it's just so smart. The whole yeah. thing is so smart. And the letter too, that's in there as and, well. And, and you know what? Everything so, really, so, so few movies do the epilogue well. Uh, it's one of the reasons I like La La Land so much is that the, the epilogue makes the movie. In this one, you don't even need it to make the movie, but it's so cool to have the red epilogue and then the payoff at the end in Sewan Tanejo. Ironically, that place is in Mexico and a lot of people go, like think of it as a paradise. I think in 1997, 98, they had a really bad like sewage spill and the water was deemed uh, a public health scare. Oh no! <laughs> so the no. beaches aren't quite as nice as they may have. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're not Dufresne blue is probably anymore. relocated. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Gone somewhere else. Maybe I don't know where they went to. Uh, <laughs> and Sonata or something. I don't know where they went. <laughs> some some other beach. <laughs> Maybe Mykonos. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, do you guys have any other uh, final points you want to throw into this movie before we get the rating? I love the movie. I love everything about it. It's a perfect movie to me. And I, every time I watch it, I just uh, am, it's reaffirmed how how great it is. So yeah. I appreciate yeah. the uh, power of the pick, and I'm glad I knocked it out. No, uh, it's, and it's a good one. Wow, yeah, no, I hope you make fun watch. of my Shawshank scale a little bit less now. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no, no. Say, that's going to remain. The one thing I learned this time that I did ne- I never paid attention to, I, I never really went down the research rabbit hole, and I didn't go too crazy this time, uh-huh. but the uh, In Memory of Alan Green at the end of the movie, Oh yeah, I, I, I never looked up who that was, so I looked it up this time, and it was a really good friend, a producing partner of Frank Darabont, who died of AIDS. So he was on the production of the movie, but never got to see it release. So that's why he died right before the release, and he put that on the end. So oh, okay. that was pretty. Uh, that was pretty intense. So mm. just a, just lightning in a bottle, everything coming together, perfect, perfect film. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. still a good watch too. I oh, mean, yeah, hard, yeah. This is two hour and thirty five minutes around two thirty five worth yeah. every yeah, second. And honestly, like it, if. I would say it fly. It yeah, flies by. Yeah. You know it what I mean? Really it doesn't really, it, you know, it's a good story. And even though, you know, still second time, I'll have to see how it goes the third time around, but it still just flies by. With, without head. question, I would urge the audience members, if you haven't seen this one, if especially if you're a millennial like these kids here, sometimes, <laughs> you gotta watch I, sometimes it. I wake up in the world and I think, I think I'm, I feel a little bit like Brooks. I'm surrounded by millennials. They don't understand me. I feel I lonely. Yeah, I just want to hang myself. I just want to <laughs> hang myself. But you know what? Hope. I, I still have hope inside of me so i'm gonna i'm gonna get on the bus and go to say what's in a house. all right, so, all right. Let's, let's let's rate it but yeah. let's uh, let's rate it yeah okay watch right. the movie watch let's, the movie. let's start let's start with nick yeah let's start with nick, well, nick i wonder what, what this is I wonder, yeah. there's no doubt Stories. it's called the shawshank scale for a reason there are only two movies out of all the movies i've seen you guys know i have a big library of movies in my brain two movies that are perfect tens I don't like to say which one is number one, although if you force me to rate it, I have Field of Dreams 1, Perfect 10, Shawshank Redemption 2, Perfect 10. That's it. Uh, And because Field of Dreams is a movie that I think is slightly more personal and less relatable, maybe a tiny, tiny bit less rewatchable, I named the scale when I first did my blog in 2009, the Shawshank scale for movies to be rated on that, that note. Why does everything get a six or a six and a half? Because 10 is the pantheon. It's mm. hard to get to 10. You get in the eights, the nines, you're in the all-time list. So that's why everything falls into that line. The Shawshank Redemption is the bar. Good luck. We throw the gauntlet out to these movie <laughs> studios. Let's make some adult dramas, and, and you try to you give me something that good, and I'll give you a 10. And then we can have Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> eight, yeah, yeah, eight, eight and a half. Scale, half that's but that's pretty high. That's, cl- that's close to the pantheon. <laughs> nothing, I want to say nothing since like 2002 has even gotten a nine. So it's been a while. What well, came out in 2002? That got uh, a about a boy. 
about a boy is a nine and a half. I yeah, you that you mentioned that a couple yeah. of times. I really like told me to watch that so a couple familiar, of times. But I'd have to look at the poster just to yeah. kind of. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, genius. Yeah. Hugh Grant, yeah, Tony Collette, just a beautiful movie. Nicholas mm. Holt from the X Men franchise as a little kid. He's a little kid. He's a little kid. He's amazing. Interesting. Okay, all right. I'm gonna have to look it up because it sounds so familiar. It's my number two movie of all time. Realwatchability.com. You can see my top ten movies of all time. By the way, I will re-review this movie. I've already started. I just didn't finish it yet. And I'll put the top ten. Stephen King adaptions on there. Okay. Also. All yeah. right. So uh, for me, this is the first time watching this movie. I can't believe it's your first yeah, time. Yeah, I did insane, not know that before I picked yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's a shame and you knew the ending, though. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I, that's, I felt the same way. The social osmosis of all these different spoofs that they yeah. did. They did it on Family Guy. They did it on yeah, The Simpsons. They did it on like Friends or something or whatever. They did a bunch of these different things. And um, it didn't ruin the movie for me because I still, like I mentioned earlier, I still still felt the emotion yeah, it's really I not still, about spoilers yeah yeah so and it was just such a good ride like you said it went by really quickly and it dug its hooks in me deep. you're you're one of those guys that doesn't like anything over two hours this one didn't bother yeah you. yeah no it didn't bother me granted though i had to stop it halfway through because i needed to go somewhere but when i picked it up again i just watched it all the way through that's all i was thinking at while i was at my meeting that i was at <laughs> um but uh yeah you know i i I don't want to give it a 10 because I feel like if I'm giving it a 10, I'm just <laughs> riding off of Nick's coattails. Yeah, boom. I'm but, back, baby. You can't keep me down. <laughs> in, in all honesty, I do feel like there was a very- Go with your heart. All right? <laughs> just trust your heart. I didn't, I didn't- Salvation lay within, producer Ryan. <laughs> I didn't have anything that I was like that- even nitpicking, there's nothing that I really were like, man, they shouldn't have done this, or why did they do it's this? It's hard to there's, poke at something where there's there's no facts. So, to be honest, I probably will give it a 10. Oh, just because, man, It was such a, it was such a good bats, ride. Let's do it. There's a, there's a lot of good themes in it. There's it, the, the roller coaster we'll, ride. We'll push bump on that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> but I'll give it to you, Nick. I now understand why it's called the Shawshank Scale, it's, and it right? makes sense. It Are does you a better man sense. having watched the movie? Now it's in your your brain no, I'm still you know I'm still a garbage boy. <laughs> I'm still a garbage boy forever and will be. But uh, uh, I, I thought do, it was great. I thought it was great. Uh, let's do one more Morgan Freeman impression for us. Will you give us that? Uh, okay. Uh, get busy living or get busy dying. That was better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting better at it. Morgan Freeman's brother. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, for my rating, I mean, come on, Tyler. No right, pressure. Here, here it is. This here side of the is. table. Here it is. So, are you in a karate club or not? <laughs> let me let me finish. <laughs> so I don't really like giving movies like perfect tens. I don't like giving them anything like a perfect. Yeah, 10. yeah, that's, you know, how, that's, I always, that's how I felt. Always, me yeah. Either. Yeah. I don't either. Yeah. I don't, I, and I only do it when a movie I, deserves and, it. That's why already, there's only two. I already decided what I was gonna give this movie halfway through, especially during the Brooks scene, and just kind of all these little memorable scenes. Like, wow, that's a really good impactful moment. How many right times there. have and you seen it? I forget. You said my it second, time. second time. Okay. My second only time. the second time. Yeah, okay. this is my second time right here. So, but there's just a lot of impactful. You strike me as an icy and remorseless man, Tyler. So I just want to point that. I am. <laughs> and I'm a man that can get things feel, sometimes. I feel like so. a stiff breeze might knock you over. But all right, go ahead. Let's yeah. give, give us the rating. Yeah, so I'm in that boat where it's like, uh, I don't know if I want to give it a perfect 10, but halfway through it, it brings out a lot of emotions. And you know what? It's still just as impactful as the first time seeing it to now, probably in 94. So in the spirit of the Shawshank scale, let's give it a 10. Oh, boom. Podcast fist bump all the way around. Yeah, I like oh, it. man. You got a 30. Yeah, a 30. That's a perfect let's, score. We'll give it. Oh, let's give it. Three tens because wow. you know what? It's there's a lot. I did not of expect that. There. I did not expect that. Yeah, I really appreciate there's, it. There's a lot of greatness in there, and the fact that it was just so. 
I don't want to say underestimated. Well, I would say underestimated and just such like kind of a hit of gym in the time that it came out. And it really has, you know, just kind of stood the test of time. Yeah, I, yeah. Totally that's agree. impactful. I, I, it really is. I, I even love the way it became a success, that slow train move to the top of the mountain. Yeah. Mm. It makes it almost more impactful that it had to slow climb all the yeah. way up there. I mean, it only took 20 years, but <laughs> yeah. you well, thought actually, it would no, take it was, 900, actually, but it the, took 20 the, years. Like we, like we talked about, the VHS sales went up right away. Yeah. So it started early. Mm. And Ted Turner was like, boom, we're going to capture this. And then TNT over and over and yeah, over again. Yeah. Yeah. It just became something special. But uh, I agree with you, Tyler. This Again, the first time watching this, I was getting ready to compare it to all the movies that are out now. I was thinking yeah. that it's going to be dated. And I have some questions some based on that logic. Um, yeah, there's going to be some things that didn't do, uh, age look, well. resonate with you as yeah, much Yeah, it anymore. didn't resonate yeah. with me, but I didn't have any of those issues. Yeah. Like, Yeah, can I ask the question, does this movie work if it's released today? Is it a box like office success? Yeah. Like, that's a good well, question. that's a hard question, right? Yeah, I don't really know the question. answer. I would, I'd like to think yes. I think it'd be the same scenario. It wouldn't be as successful, but over time, I think it would still grow. Yeah. And it would and still you know, be just as impactful. This is know, my point to Hollywood. I, I want to give just this one message to Hollywood if they listen to Talking Flick at all. You know, we drive the culture here. <laughs> Hollywood will not give... The, so rarely will they give $25 million to do an adult drama like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what they need to do is look at this movie and say this is a success story. We can do this again. You know, so let's give some more directors some and take some more chances, right? I want to see more losses. of this. It yeah. just yeah. takes years and losses a little bit, but... This is the movie I'm clamoring up. for. Now, I love... Listen, I'm a geek too and I love all this Endgame stuff. I like my Star yeah. Wars. I'll be there in line for that stuff too, but you got to mix in some of this other stuff. Oh, right? yeah. you got to have it. And these are the ones that generally make the top it of my list. It means the age so. of the superhero right yeah. now, so... And that's fine. I'm not <laughs> yeah, against that, yeah. but don't give me uh, Endgame, Spider-Man, Captain Marvel, boom, boom, boom. Mix and give me something adult you know right. but, and again that's why once upon a time Hollywood ended King. up being live action yeah <laughs> by the way Lion King came out in 94 also and it was a, it made about a billion dollars so that was the top of the heap in 94 what, what I will big, say big movie year 94 what I will say is I, I watch a lot of comic book movies and stuff like that me too I and, know I'm and, there with you guys yeah and, and and you know I thought that they were good but you never would have brought me onto the pod if I didn't watch my comic <laughs> movies but but the thing is is that like I don't, I don't give them like most of them I don't but. give them a lot of second thought you know I was like oh yeah. Endgame was yeah. a really good movie but I don't think about it anymore let me ask you this question endgame uh, the endgame <laughs> yeah. uh blu-ray comes out this coming weekend or this coming tuesday or something or, or is anybody buying the blu-ray i'd probably buy the blu-ray right mm, there. Yeah. you know what i, I may buy it. it i want to own up to it i may buy it to be the first marvel blu-ray i buy if mm. i do but, actually same here same one yeah same See, one. Does, so, doesn't yeah. that tell you something same one but so. but what, 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 tyler's been to my place he's been in my studio <laughs> a lot of movies on my shelf right no there is but i live it but what i was what I was getting at is that The Martian, I think about that every now and then. Yeah. I was like, I thought that was yeah. a really good drama Absolutely. and it still resonates with me and I still think about it. Shawshank Redemption, I feel like maybe next year I'd be like, you know, that was a really good movie. I may throw that on, but for like Spider-Man or Batman or these movies, yeah. I just know that they're good movies, but I don't think about them any more right. than what I've already seen. So I don't know. It, it speaks volumes. It really says something when As- I think that way. You know, I never, I don't think I ever intentionally decided I was going to write the movie blog. Uh, initially, the movie blog was like a fantasy football, uh, betting, music, movies. It was everything. And as I did it uh, year after year, somewhere around 2011, I decided to hone it in just to movies. And the reason was the thing that resonated with me the most was movies that I loved going back to. Yeah. It's like visiting an old friend. Uh, so that's why it honed down to just films. And I think. My love for movies, uh, you know, as much as I like sports, as much as I like mu- uh, music, 
that's the one that really stands right. out for me. So, and I think with the rest of the table, we're, we're all movie folks for the most part. When something touches flick, us, yeah. we're talking for <laughs> the most right? part. For the and most the, and part. the listeners yeah. too, like Let's the ones that really touch your soul are the ones that stay with you forever. This was one that absolutely did it for me. So. Yeah. No, I can absolutely see that. And there's a reason it's got a scale. So it's rated towards other movies. Absolutely. And... So stop making fun of me for it. <laughs> it's the weekend at Bernie scale. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it will be and forever uh, will be. Are we ready to move on to the next segment? Yeah, absolutely. let's do it. All right. Let's so uh, next segment, we've got mail. Same thing, guys. If you want to reach out to us, oh, talkingflick at gmail.com. Talkingflick at gmail.com. That's where you can reach us at. And even Twitter, flick underscore talking. So uh i got an email good feedback here. by the way on the x-files episode i oh, got a lot yeah. of feedback on that so uh tell us what episodes you want us to do next and we'll do some more of that yeah, yeah. we want to do a tv yeah. show right i might do another x-files yeah it's it's it is fun and it's a nice good 45 minute breeze you can just watch through yeah. and you know that it's fun. I, I got <laughs> super nostalgic watching it so i can't wait to watch another episode it's mm-hmm. fun it's, it's a, a lot, lot of fun, fun yeah so uh but i got an email here from angela who says uh speaking of x-files what comic book characters could you see uh david duchovny and jillian anderson ha- playing or still play mm. thank have you played or still play thank Sorry, you for the question that. angela this is a great question i don't know the answer do i have to go first well i i, I have say, some... go ahead well go ahead. i was thinking because you've got david duchovny throughout the year so david you want to do like now a... or david duchovny then you want to do both we want to do a young david duchovny okay yeah and an old david duchovny so case by case i would say for old david duchovny if they went back to the ways of like kind of white nick fury maybe that yeah, way kind of you know i mean that. I, yeah put I an eye that. patch on him and put see, an eye patch on him he's a little he too looks, like you know, uh, and, uh, maybe a little too dry and apparently he would uh, be a different version for i'd sure. have to relook this up but apparently in the comic books the black nick fury who's of course based off samuel jackson samuel and, yeah, yeah. and the white nick fury apparently they're related and they're just different or you know stuff oh, like that, that it's like right? different clones or i'd have to relook I, at it because it's been so long i gotta since tell I've you i love it, so. the uh nick fury oh, line character on. in marvel it's perfect well it's lost its steam a little bit but, a little bit yeah, yeah captain marvel yeah. okay all right. soldier, but, but prior to that i like him that, being yeah. the guy that visits you know at the end of iron man or whatever like i think i think it's worked very well for the cats you know who i think would be a good uh david duchovny would be a good mr fantastic I oh, think. you know, what? I could see that too. That's older, not bad. Older or younger? What do you think? Uh, I feel like he pull off the white middle hair age, really forty. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 40s, if he does yeah. the the white hair, I think yeah, that give would him a work. little, give him that little white stripe there. Sure, I kind of yeah, like I that. could see that. Mm-hmm. What about Gillian Anderson? So I mean, I kind of think you know, I was gonna say Doctor Strange because we always want to recast that. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah. But you know what? I'm gonna go outside the box with Duchovny. How about Duchovny as Professor X? He shave his head. Shave those beautiful. Uh, I gotta see how he looks bald. Yeah, I feel like you've got to go with something different than what we've seen with Patrick Stewart. Yeah. His like weird, dry re- demeanor. His sort of but odd sense bald. of humor yeah, would work bald. really well. Yes, I think it would kind of work. I don't know. You gotta see like, how he looks bald. Mm. You just gotta. Do, All right, how about Julia? Uh, okay, what about Magneto? <laughs> no, I couldn't. I don't think no, so. No, I don't no. think so. I I want to see him as a villain, but not not that. Not that. Mm-hmm. I okay. think maybe like the villain in a Blade movie or something. You can see him as a vampire. So I could see something like that, but not not Magneto. Yeah. yeah. Now I, I I mentioned that I hated this character, and not because uh, I I want Gillian Anderson to play this character because I don't like Gillian Anderson. I just think that she probably would do a good job. I think I know uh, it. Uh, Jean Grey. Uh, <laughs> oh, you were going to say I was going to say Captain Marvel. She's the Marvel Captain. Too. Oh really? Yeah, that's okay. what I was thinking. The one who gets her power taken away by Rogue. Yeah. I think she could do really well with. Ooh, that. if she was That'd Rogue. Yeah. Man, not I would Rogue. Like, well, maybe no, like young if she Gillian was Rogue, I would I would like to see her as Rogue. A younger one. Yeah. 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 Rogue. So. 
I mean, she's a redhead, but you don't have to. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Just hair well, color, she yeah. has. She, she was blonde in other yeah, stuff. She was blonde in other stuff too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she has so. some clout to her. I think she could be like an older Captain Marvel who loses her power to Rogue mm. and really pull well, that. Then pull she's going to be in a coma. Yeah, she's yeah but I mean, coma, you know, so. that's if that's it's an easy story part. Along, you just lay there, man. But like, you got to get to that point first, right? So she starts out super powerful, and then Rogue takes her power away. I kind of like that. Yeah, that's a nice thought. Although I think she'd be amazing as a villain, like I said, in the Hannibal Brian Fuller version of the show, the TV show Hannibal. She's a great villain. Yeah. So I think there's some villain stuff she could do. She could be like an e- the evil Scarlet Witch. I could see that. I could if see it's her written correctly. Witch. Yeah. She could so. maybe do something like that. Mm. Maybe at the time of Black Widow when she was younger. Who was uh maybe, what about kinda maybe, right there? Does anybody remember that? I'm gonna age myself a lot here. The the Marvel superheroes where it was Iceman, Spider Man, and Fire Firestarter. Is that her name? What's her name? Firestorm? I don't know. It was I the remember, redheaded name. girl that I was, think like it was a, Super Friends. Yeah, Super Friends. It was like Super Friends or that, something. They could do something like that. I could see her <laughs> pulling that character off. That's an amazing character. <laughs> give her, give oh, them something ridiculous. I always wanted a good version of Iceman. I feel like we never got it with X Men. I could see Duchovny and Days Jillian Anderson. Pass. And then you get old Peter Parker, you bring Tobey Maguire back. Come on, Hollywood. I, I, I don't know why I keep on thinking about X-Men. Like, I think that she would fit in the X-Men universe. Um, Emma Frost or maybe Dazzler. Oh, okay. yeah, I can yeah. see both yeah, of those. Yeah. Either one of those. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of, you do see Dazzler a little bit in Dark Phoenix. Oh, really? Oh, you know what? Two seconds. How about, <laughs> uh, this is this is an obvious one, but uh, hitting the nail on the head. How about Poison Ivy? An um, older, sinister, dark Matt Reeves yeah. poison ivy. I kind of that could I work. I see that. So. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I guess I could see that. I don't know. It's hard because so, it's also hard kind of seeing them anything else but yeah. And but you know what? They're both <laughs> so, really really good actors, and I like like I said, I, I love Californication. Yeah. And I thought Duchovny was pretty good in like Evolution and some of these other. Oh, Evolution. <laughs> Evolution. Oh my god. I like the movie. It wasn't it wasn't good, but this it wasn't guy. awful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like him as a moments. hand model. That's yeah. what I liked him as. <laughs> oh he has a he has a delivery that's perfect. By the way, he was in Twin Peaks. He's the crossdresser yes. in Twin yes, Peaks. He, is he has Peaks. range. He can do other things. He was yeah. on Larry David or Larry Sanders. Uh, with uh, you know, Gary, the late Gary Shanley, I'd say let them pick out what roles they want to do. Yeah, because I think they could. I think they could pull the it company together, could be so. Professor X. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my hat on. I have that to one. see him. Bald. I think he could do I wanna, it. I want to see him bald. I think he'd be like a funny Professor X. It would work. Mm. Yeah, I guess. So, I could but see I that, I do so. like Cap, uh, Mr. Fantastic. Mm. I think that could also work too. That could. Yeah, but I, I want him. Fun. I want him as sort of like a subversive, not n- totally good, not totally bad. I like, like that an anti, like an Yeah, sort of like an anti right something. I don't know that Mr. Van- Mr. Fantastic, you guys always tell me in the comics, he's, oh, he's, he's a prick. A, he's a total prick. Right? Yeah. He's, <laughs> so he's, maybe he could do like, that I'm differently. I'm the smartest man in <laughs> No, but just, just how he carries himself in the X-Files and stuff, how he just delivers very calmly and stuff like that. I don't know. I can oh, see dry. him. Yeah, it's Genius. very dry. I can uh, see him. So, I can see him as Mr. Fantastic saying a bunch of things just very dry and emotionless, yeah. and they're just like dickish things to say. Yeah, he's got, you know, and it's You might be right. Of all the ones he said, I think that might be the better. Th- one. Throughout the X Files, he's got some really good comedy chops, like very good oh, one liners yeah, yeah, yeah. that he really pulls off so his, well. His running gag really about his sister being too, abducted so, yeah. becomes funny. Yeah, it just becomes like a joke, basically. Like, all right, enough about the sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yes, I mean, good, good question. Yeah, good right question. There. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's that's hard, that yeah. question. I'd say let them walk into whatever they want because you know I think they could pull. We, it off. we know I they can't be in the same universe. Yeah, Unfortunately, they hate each other. So maybe one DC, one Marvel. We got to split them up a little bit. <laughs> that's the funny part it's just like they hate each other but they're forced to kind of spend their careers with each other like, it's just like you have to have them together you it's guys didn't see uh you guys didn't see hellboy but the character that mila jovovich plays oh okay yeah 
not super well written. She's okay in it, but I feel like that's another character. Generic dealing. villain kind yeah, of. Generic. Yeah, generic. Jillian Anderson could have done a better job with that mm. role. Give, okay. it, give it a little more clout. So, and Would I you like have, uh, what about Mr. Fantastic, of course, for, uh, you know, David Duchovny, and then you have the Invisible Woman for Jillian uh, <laughs> Anderson. <laughs> Where they don't because... really like each other. They're like going to get a divorce or something. Yeah, like that. something I think it'd be like fun. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of meta, right? I kind of like it. They're just <laughs> always pissed off at each other, like just old couples. Like, you know, they're just like an old bickering couple. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I get that. All right. It was, what was that? Jessica Alba, right? Yeah, yeah, just yeah, Alba. Alba. Yeah, so. beautiful woman, but I don't, I don't know I was, about that. I was, was a, a kid when those came out, and yeah. I was a fan of them. Of course, because mm-hmm. I was a kid, and I, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think they were made for kids. We know, haven't seen her in a while. She's a good actress. She should come around and do some comedy. Well, she's doing. Movie or she's she's being a mom right now. Oh, yeah, that's that's, that's that's her yeah, life right now. Thanks for making me look bad. So we'll move on to our next segment: recommendations. Any guys you want to recommend? You're reading, watching, listening to. I got a few this time. Don't want to recommend. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I got one that I want to recommend, one that I don't, and one that I'm looking for forward to so i'm looking forward to blinded by the light you oh, guys yes, know i really yes, like yesterday yes. this is about bruce uh, springsteen and, yeah, yeah the bruce springsteen song so it's kind of like an homage to a kid who's inspired by bruce springsteen's yep. music that comes out the 13th indian so kids will, too yeah, so, indian, yeah family, indian family i think family, yeah. yeah so kind of culture shock in new jersey so yeah it looks like a lot of fun to me so i will be in line i will go see that probably review it on the blog uh and then i saw something i did not like i didn't go back to godzilla so i haven't finished that one yet but i did watch men in black international oh. right okay which yeah. i knew you know we all kind of knew it was going to be kind of lackluster or whatever i didn't think it was going to be quite this bad f uh gary gray who's done like fate of the furious he did friday did the italian job set it off he's got a pretty good yeah Yeah, i know he's got a good resume day off (laughs) (laughs) he's got a good resume so you thought it would have been better but this movie was just so lazy it's dry and it's not tessa thompson it's not chris helmsworth maybe lee and helmsworth uh kumali uh, nanajani or uh, i can't say his last name ever he's he's got a cute little character but it never really gets anywhere liam neeson doesn't really get anywhere emma thompson doesn't Uh, know they probably did some editing around that and and the interesting thing is like the first three movies i liked a lot even the third men in black movie with josh brolin and the father character uh, yeah. the Will Smith oh, dad you know story yeah, I yeah. like that story a lot there was cleverness there so, even though it didn't do super well that Men in Black 3 movie mm-hmm. really surprised me and me I too actually, I, I was very it, surprised by I saw it because the theaters. second one was pretty mediocre oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. hate it yeah. lower end of mediocre Laura I Flynn would say, Boyle but, it was pretty but that that third Men in Black movie just it really could, took me by surprise I venture to say it's the, it's the best of the series I actually ended up thinking it was better than the first one interesting I'd have to revisit and I was hoping for some of that interestingness in this version especially with somebody like Tessa Thompson who I really like and they have some good comedy chops her and chris helmsworth but it's super lazy yeah super just whatever i ended up putting it in the disappointments care uh, category in the blog so i would unfortunately just skip that one the interesting thing is though f gary graves who um who did uh, the Men in Black movie is doing the Mask movie I keep talking about. Oh, so he's right. doing the live yeah, version yeah, yeah. of the cartoon Mask, which I really, really like. I guess it's and called... And this is M period A period S period K period. Mobile Armed Strike Command with a K. Okay, yeah. That is what it stands for. Of course they had to spell command with a K. Of course. This is early... This is like the 80s or whatever. All right, so well, I'm looking forward to that. I hope he bounces back with that because again, I think he's a director that I really like. So the thing I liked was another documentary true crime sometimes you suck me in and i can't stop it's a two-parter on hbo and it's called i love you now die mm. and it's about the story of the girl who texts her boyfriend kind of eggs him on to commit suicide or so or uh, supposedly okay, yeah. based on the court story yeah yeah it is fascinating and wow. i fully expected for like everybody who watches it to disagree and for the most part everybody who's watched it kind of agrees with what i think which is i don't think she should be in jail at all mm. uh regardless of of how it was interpreted she how may not be a good person she or, yeah, yeah she may not be a good person but i don't think there's any liability there yeah so it it's a fascinating around. story <laughs> about two hours it's two total hours maybe a 
tiny bit longer than that. It's a two-parter on HBO. I love you now die. It's fascinating. It is a water cooler subject one for sure. Is it depressing two hours? Not really. You know what? Because it's so interesting and because Uh your wheels are spinning in your brain of like, is this against the law? How bad is this? And they really take an outside step. Uh, They don't give you a lot. uh, They don't sway you one way or the other too much. The first hour of the facts on one side, the second hour of the facts on the other side. So it's very, you can take both sides. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, And I found that to be really, really fascinating. Sometimes HBO can kind of push you one way or the other. That's um, the director who did it was Erin Lee Carr. She did um, one episode on the Netflix uh, documentary series, Dirty Money, which I love that whole series. Uh, Alex Gibney was in charge of that series, but a bunch of different directors. She did the one on Big Pharma, which is super, super corrupt. Mm, Right. So she's a, She's a really good uh, documentarian. So, and I like a good documentary. Every okay. Time. All so right. Check Maybe I'll we'll check it out. <laughs> All right. I uh, guess you want to do your recommendation or? Yeah. For me, like, I don't have anything specific. Uh, okay. Like, cause uh, I just been in this horror, like, yeah. mode right now. I really. <laughs> We're coming uh, home. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm super excited for October. I can't wait. And for all you guys, I'm saying away, it right boy. now. I'm saying it right now. October is the month of horror, horror movies. Oh, we got it. It doesn't do it. matter yeah. who has the power to pick. You're picking horror movies. Yeah, that's we got it. Do all right. October. So you guys yeah, gotta get ready for that. I, I got a couple geared up, so I'm ready. But um, <laughs> like I just want to be scared. I just like that feeling. And uh, I I don't get a chance to watch a lot of things. I but I do listen to a lot of audio, and uh, I've been listening to some audio books on just uh, various horror oh. stories. Do you it's get like creeped out by the audio? Books? Uh, yeah, out? man, Do they're they? good. They're very, they're very atmospheric, and the ones that I listen to, um, they add a little bit of soundscape to it, so oh, it's really nice. Okay. So, really Sword nice. and Scale for a while used to really creep me out. It was mm. a podcast. I know when I was supposed to pub other podcasts, and it you was so, it was so <laughs> weird that I had to stop listening to it. That's I'll, I'll, I'll have to check that out. Sword, Sword, scale, yeah. Sword and Scale. The guy wow. is super creepy. He got kicked off the show, but now he's back. I think because he's just a super. Sword, he really gets scale. a kick okay. out of the violence. It's yeah, but I. It's just I've been listening to a lot of anthology of like just scary uh-huh. stories and they put me in a crazy place last night i i know it was just not reasonable at all and nothing was i had no reason to be afraid but i just started freaking myself out and then while i was laying in the bed the wind is blowing yeah. stuff's rattling you're getting freaked yeah. out every light on in the house <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> so it's a while, fun place to be kind of yeah no but uh, when i'm in that mindset i was just laying there in bed and i was like thinking oh i have a good idea for a story so Ooh. i want to like yeah. one of my big things is I want to eventually write a book. So I we, wanna, you know, yeah. on on that note, and I'll cut you off as Captain Tangent always does. <laughs> I just saw when I was researching for the Shawshank Redemption that Aaron Sorkin is doing a uh, teaching screenplay writing mm, on Masterclass.com. He hadn't done it before, so he's a great writer. If you're going to spend money on any of those Masterclass ones, I would spend it on Sorkin because okay. he can All give right. you structure and dialogue stuff. That yeah, you know, yeah. Because I'm a big, uh, you know, I'm a novice writer. I'm not super great at it, but I love doing it. I, you need a little bit of structure before you get started. That's a good place to start. No doubt, no doubt. And I'm not saying like I'm I'm not a writer or anything like that. I do Dragon Questicles, but like you know we just yeah I don't know man. Like, You're a storyteller. I'll yeah, give you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do. I, I do enjoy that. And one like. One of the things that I want to do is I want to write like a horror story or yeah. a horror book. And I was just thinking of a good premise and I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. So uh, we'll talk about that in the future. But yeah, I just think, uh-huh. hey, for you guys right now, get ready for October. Scare yourself a little bit. Look for something that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> now, have you, uh, this isn't really one of my recommendations, but have you seen Channel Zero at all? Just no, I have not. So, no. Uh, Channel Zero, it came out, it's on sci-fi, and it's still kind of running. I think it's going to be on its fourth or fifth season, I believe, this year. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it takes place from the creepypasta stories. Right? Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay, so, and all it's right. actually got some solid ones. Um, the first one was Candle Cove, 
which was the one where like everybody asked, like, do you remember this one TV show that came on, but nobody seems to remember mm. it. The second one, which I really enjoyed was, uh, I think it was called no, no end house. That's what it was. Okay. So, All right. No end house was the story of how this house randomly appears. The house has like its own kind of little personality. Yeah, yeah. And when it randomly appears, people go into the house and you go in through these doors and the house kind of shows you like your worst fears. Mm. And when you get to a certain door number, I want to say it's number seven you're stuck in this like kind of no end house kind of universe thing. Mm. And so you, like the story actually takes place in season two where, you know, um, basically you have uh, John Carroll Lynch in the second season. If you know who that is, he's uh, he plays the clown in American Horror Story. Yeah, okay. He's, he's yeah, done yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff. All if right, you saw okay. him, you would definitely recognize him. Yep. And so, uh, Good you know, you basically have where one girl goes in, her father recently died, she goes in, and then you have a, a, a husband there where they were in the house last year and his wife got stuck in the house. Mm. And so what the house does, it kind of eats away at your memory. I want to I want to check this out. And, uh, it's Channel it's kind of like Zero. That Third yeah. season was Butcher's Block, which is basically like it kind of surrounds the premise of, you know, in this one town you're traveling around and you see this random, and the whole kind of legend of the town is, if you're traveling and you see this door, do not go near it. And mm. so it's just this random door and staircase, you know, that appears somewhere in this very long park. And then he, he kind of goes from there. So okay. first and all second right. season, I think I pretty saw third season lose a little bit. I haven't seen the fourth season yet. Usually I catch it all around like October. So I'm always a season behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we should probably try and get sponsored by them. But Shudder is uh, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I, everyone. Yeah, I have Shutter. that on VRV. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think you can actually find it on Shudder. Okay. And I did the free trial. I'll probably just have to sign up for it because, you know, we're coming up in October. But with Shudder, you know, you it has get a all bunch of B movies. Oh, yeah. they're great. They're great, yeah. though. <laughs> so, but I'll I'll just kind of throw it out there because we're going up there um last night i saw uh scary stories to tell in the dark oh and you saw so, it yeah so i saw oh, okay. yeah so i actually saw it last night produced yeah, by guillermo del toro yeah. produced uh, and fairly... screenplay by guillermo del toro i can't remember the name of the director he uh did the autopsy of jane doe but i can't oh, okay, remember yeah. i can't remember the name of it i never saw autopsy of jane doe i just i heard it was good it. i heard it was good too um but scary stories to tell in the dark and it's funny because i usually watch like a couple critics like on youtube and see what they usually think yeah because, yeah yeah you know we weren't doing this on the podcast i was like well let me see what they think i don't yeah. like people's like opinions kind of swaying my own and so they both kind of said you know as far as like yeah if you're like a teenager or if you're like you know you kind of grew up writing these reading andre overdahl yes that's the what director. it is yeah, yeah i've heard of him so if you kind of grew up reading these stories if you're a teenager you know it's definitely a very good kid horror movie mm. and i would say the storyline is very you know it's a kind of a kid story yeah, line. basic and it's but tracking the scares, to be number one on the weekend too yeah, by the way but so it's doing the, well the scares in this i'm like there's no way this is for a kid for the scares <laughs> that's what i you thought know? and the and trailer then, made like, it seem like it was more that yeah. way although we both read and the book quite yeah. honestly so they're not so hard yeah scares anyway i, so I maybe, didn't read the book and my girlfriend was just book, like yeah. you didn't read the big toe and i was just like i had no idea oh man like campfire tales yeah. more than their and hardcore scary stories oh, i would say did they have the spider bite do you want me to spoil it no no no, 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 okay. no okay. i'm totally gonna watch it i'm totally gonna watch it but like you know as far as like the scares go like it had some really solid scares and the how about score, the uh is so when we talk about the yeah. graphics and we talk about some of the cgi and stuff was it solid so the CGI, I would say, is pretty solid. There's certain hit or misses, but because okay. of the atmosphere you're kind of throwing with this movie, okay. I feel like it works for the atmosphere that mm. you're in this movie. And I think they do use some practical. I'd have to look at, but it's mostly yeah. CGI. But I would say, as far as the score goes with this movie, oh, man, 
in the, with the director too. Like, oh man, it puts you. It's very tense okay. in the scary All moments. Right. All right, and I'm just promising. like, and I do this thing too, where whenever I watch like a really scary movie, I do this thing where I kind of keep my eyes semi covered, <laughs> and so that way in case something. I'm a baby when it comes to scary movies. I'm the biggest bitch, and so. <laughs> it's good to know, America. Yeah, I'm standing yeah, that's out, his nickname. I'm standing at 195. With I totally knew that without him telling me. Watch scary yeah, I could have told you, you that know? without you ever saying yeah, no. that. <laughs> Tyler's and, a massive dude. Yeah, so, <laughs> you don't want to yeah. see him in, a, oh, in an alley. Yeah, you don't want to see me watch a scary movie. You know? and so, so like I'll cover my eyes. So I'll kind of that way in case like something scary happens, I can semi close them. So that yeah, yeah. Time I would watch this the second time because I know all the scares are going to happen. Yeah. So I'll better appreciate it and everything. Mm. But really good scares, really good tension moment. I would say. Um, I don't know if there's exact number of scares as far as like the storyline goes, but I would say about three out of the four scares, like really solid and okay. just really All creepy right. and really good to go. If you have three um, good scares in your scary movie, usually it's a winner for yeah, me. Yeah, it's right. pretty much good. enough. Yeah, so um, they do have some jump scares, but it's not like it's not like your typical jump scares. Yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't feel cheap. How is know, it? How sense. is it structured together? Is it like block story, block story, block story, block story, or is it connected somehow? It's all connected. Okay. okay. So it's all, all right, it's okay. basically all connected, and it's the story of these kids. Um, as far as like um. I'll kind of put it if you saw like the first Goosebumps movie. Oh, okay. which I really right. like the first Goosebumps movie. It really blew me away. The one with Jack Black. Jack Black. Yeah. yeah, but it's kind of similar like that where they oh, discover a book. Oh, I was thinking the and... Haunted Mask. Oh, the Haunted Mask. Oh <laughs> That's my god! I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking Say Cheese and Die, which I think is so classic. <laughs> you got Gosling in that one. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I would say definitely give that one a watch. Um, I rewatched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't know if I told you. You watched guys it that. a second time, huh? Yeah, I watched it a second Anything time. Anything different about it? So I would say. I, I would still stand by with like our rating with it and just because I got called out a little bit on my review because it wasn't it wasn't super negative but it wasn't super positive it was yeah. a little choppy and I felt like it was true to the movie because the movie was choppy yeah I highs would, and lows right yeah I would say it like this the moments that hit oh man they're so good yeah a couple moments, moments hit, really hit but you gotta and, sit through a lot yeah. of yeah that's why I would say like you know kind of when we talked about it like the hits are very big hits I sure. love it it's mm-hmm. really great there's some moments that are very mem- memorable very well there's written there's just that there's just kind of this long stretch. It's not in the beginning, but it's like kind of towards the end of that first act to the beginning of like the so, third act. It just kind of drags a little too long, I don't, in my opinion. And I don't, like, and I think I don't want to yeah. get in trouble with Tarantino fans, but I know. And again, I got called out a tiny bit on my review. I would say that the people that love him really love him. Yeah. But you're enabling him to sort of do whatever do, you yeah, want. Do whatever he much. wants. And he yeah. kind of needs, he needs a Roger he needs Deakins. He needs an editor. Yeah. He needs a little <laughs> yeah. So, but so. rate I him mean, in just a tiny bit. Cause I know like some of the other ones are definitely long and the dialogue usually capture me. And everyone's like, Oh, the dialogue the dialogue's fantastic. Right? Yeah. And like the dialogue is good. It's just certain parts. And of good performances. Dialogue. Oh yeah. It's great performances. It's, it's just, like, we talked about it a tiny bit. Like I would have so loved long. to see like, again, what was, how many times did he write this script and where did we go? Where did we start from? How do we get to like the Roger Dalton or the what's his name uh, Dalton and oh, uh, Rick, uh, Cliff Booth? Cliff Booth and Rick yeah. Dalton. I How do we get is, to yeah. their story and get so yeah. far away from the Manson murders? Yeah. It's kind of weird. And it was nice so. because uh, I had to use that bathroom from a certain scene, and I was able to rewatch yeah, we didn't, that. We didn't scene. miss anything really. Yeah. Right? Uh, I think it was like kind of a semi-major part. I don't want to spoil because I know Ryan hasn't okay. seen it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Ended that part. You know, it was like spoilers, non-spoilers. All right, cool. I'm done. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, if you're a Tarantino fan. I think it's worth the watch. There's the a theaters, lot to like. But yeah, there's definitely is a lot to like. Um, tonight, I'm watching Batman Hush. It's the okay. animated yeah, version. Yeah, yeah, I put yeah. it on, but yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I shut it off because I knew I was going to be able to finish it. So yeah, I will get to that too. So Maybe by next pod. We're going to be watching that tonight, and we're just going to rent it, I think, on you. Whatever we can rent yep. it on. So it's basically out there. right there. But 
that's all I got for recommendations. <laughs> all right, okay, all right. <laughs> kind of threw in a lot of horror and it went off. Yeah, right? yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> we're already going on two hours. So well, Spe- speaking of Stephen King, I'm I'm looking forward to Doctor Sleep. We're not going to get it till November, but I'm dying to see that yeah. one. Oh, so. yeah, the, Sh- the Shining sequel. Oh man, but uh, so for next week. Yeah, next week. Who's I have the power. You're the power. Okay. I have the power. We always pick. lose track. Or I and lose track. no, I I I am I'm aware and I know what it is. So I already got one ready, all right. and it's going to be another Morgan Freeman movie. All right, I gotta oh, get it. All right. I like it. Oh, like it already. And uh, Six is afraid of it. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah. So we're going to be watching Seven. Yeah. That is a great. I saw that in a movie theater oh, opening man. weekend. Yeah. My man. I've been the only downside to that movie is the There spoiler. is no downside. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely talk about we're it. Gonna get it you know, the, the creepiness yeah. that is Kaiser Soze. I, I, I oh, spent a long man. time thinking what's about in the box? it. <laughs> I spent a long time thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? We're doing wow. Seven. So, I'm yeah. so excited. Good yeah, choice. By the way, we have not, and I almost picked Zodiac was another one that I went through the yeah. gauntlet on. Um, we haven't done Fincher yet. Mm. So I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, so yeah. happy to do a Fincher movie. Yeah, yeah, so that's a good one to start with. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Well yeah. Done, wow, I'm excited. I'm super excited. So, <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's pretty much it for us, guys. Uh, Ryan, where can we find you at? Hey, if you like listening to my voice or you just want more content, I do another podcast called Dragon Questicles. We haven't uploaded in a while, but things are just a little rocky. Uh, we have a big backlog, and I will be starting to push those out pretty soon. But we still have a huge library of episodes that you can just jump into and get lost in the story. Essentially, if you like fantasy and swords and sorcery and D&D, th- this is your home this is what you're gonna love to go. so check Producer it out ryan is a storyteller you gotta check <laughs> yeah, it out or i try you should be, you should be uh, hitting him up on twitter for lego bloom uh uh, cameo appearances. <laughs> yeah, and we'll we'll make that happen that as well. Amazing. There's going to be a crossover between Dragon Questicles and Talking Flick sometime yeah. soon, but Cross we'll figure over. that out. But check us out. We're on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. Again, Dragon Questicles, a real play, role play, D&D collaborative storytelling podcast. If you just want to follow me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ryan underscore dot com. That's Ryan with an I underscore D-O-T-C-O-M. You can always find me on realwatchability.com. There you can find the top 10 movies of 2019. You can find the top 10 movies of all time. You will find Shawshank sitting comfortably at number two there on that <laughs> list. Uh, or you can hit up and criticize me for the Shawshank scale. I will reproduce um, a review of the Shawshank Redemption, uh, where I will also put the top adapt- uh, adaptations of Stephen King movies on there also. Mm. You want to hit me up on Twitter, it's at Real Watch. Just be nice. And as always, we're Talking Flick. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Flick underscore Talking. If you want to reach out to us with any listener questions or even fan theories, you can go there or even TalkingFlick at gmail.com. If, if you're, you're gonna, gonna raise us, us, I was waiting for it too. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to throw you off that time. Yeah, I knew it. I always know it's gonna come too. And like I saw him through the corner of my eye. I'm like, he's getting ready because he gets into the stance, and I'm like, he's doing it. And so <laughs> I gotta broaden the shoulders and lean into it. Right? <laughs> he leans into it. So. But yeah, if you're gonna rate us, Apple Podcast, please, please do it. Yeah, hey, rate us. If you're listening to this we need right that, now, we need those ratings. Yeah, if you're listening to us right now, just. Pause us, or you know what? You don't even have to pause us because you're on your phone. You can do it while you're listening to us. You can just go rate us on iTunes and then yeah. go watch the Shawshank leave, Redemption. Leave do yourself a, a favor. Leave us a review. If you're listening to this, leave us a review. So, and same thing, you know, tell your friends, tell your family. Uh, hey, if you want to become a Patreon, throw in a dollar, help keep the lights on, help us give you more content, more X Files, more, you know, David Fincher stuff. Who knows what else? <laughs> but that's pretty more much more weekend can find at Bernie's. More weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> working at Bernie's too. 
and the weekend at Bernie's three, you know, fan <laughs> script I have at my house. So <laughs> then I I'd like to take a, a look at that. I wrote in a drunken rage. So <laughs> Bernie He's Lomax, a... an all-time villain. We didn't talk about all-time villains. Warden Norton. I'm telling you, we got to get into that someday. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, uh, Twitter, Gmail, Patreon. That's all I got for you guys. Really, right there. Next week we'll be doing uh, seven. seven. I'm really yeah. excited for that. Excellent choice. And, uh, yeah, come check us out, guys. Why don't you finish us off, Ryan? Uh, that was Talking Flick, and we will talk at you next week. How can you be so obtuse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> obtuse? <laughs> <laughs>